You are listening to SNA Live, a podcast like no other. Now your host, Three the Hard Way. What's good, cigar fam, and welcome to SNA Live, a podcast not just about cigars and cigar lounges, but life in general. Because if you're smoking cigars with your peoples in a nice lounge and only talking about cigars, then you missed the whole motherfucking point. We're recording as always from Smoking Ashes, Cigars, and Haberdashery, the newest, hottest cigar lounge in the Northeast. With me as always are my partners in crime, Malika Ryan. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, family? What's going on? I'm really excited about this episode tonight, so uh, buckle up. It's about to get deep tonight. Pause. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, what up, everybody, man? And, uh, listen, you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and that's a blessing, man. So, big episode. We're looking forward to this shit. No doubt. This is episode number four, State of the Union Part 2. This is the sequel to State of the Union from season one. Yes, sir. State of the Union Part 1 was during the reign of uh, number 45. Yeah. But, um, ding dong, the wig is dead. It is a new day. That's funny. For this particular episode, we got four topics for y'all. We're going to get into the Capitol raid that happened a few weeks ago. We're going to get into the recent history-making inauguration of Mr. Joe Biden and Miss Kamala Harris. We're going to get into the impeachment of number 45. And we're going to get into... Moving forward as a country Can we? Will we? And as usual we're going to throw in a couple segments In between the topics We got our usual notable mention We got our billionaire block gem of the week We're going to get into the importance of branding And as usual We're going to have our What you rocking with segment And with that being said As usual Cut your stick Light them up And let's get it popping Welcome to SNLA Live Podcast like no other. Fe- fe- featuring three the hard way. You, you want it? You got it. Yes. Yes. Episode four, season two. State of the Union, part two. It's gonna be another one of those episodes where it's gonna get serious in here. We're gonna speak our mind. I hope we got your ears and got your time. So right now, it's a perfect time to get your stick. Get your seat, get your food, grab your drink, and let's rock. Yes, yes, welcome to episode number four, State of the Union, part two. As usual, before we get into today's topics, we definitely have to get into what we're smoking. So, Lee, I'm going to let you start it off. What you got today, brother? So today I'm smoking the My Father La Apulencia. There we go, Apulencia. Apulencia. Now, I've practiced that before because my Spanish sucks. That's all right, though. <laughs> how'd, how'd I do? How'd I do? You did good. Right, thank you. You did good. Actually, I was sucks. really, really pleased that you kept doing it, too. That's where yeah. I was like, yo, he was serious. Like, I thought it was going to be a joke for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just said it yeah. once. Done. He, he was like, no, no, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Opulencia. <laughs> I got it. First try. It means opulent, uh, obviously. But um, this is my father, uh, family, Jose Pepin Garcia. They have great cigars. They've been producing great cigars for years out of Nicaragua. Um, 
This is so as you if you follow us, I usually like to try to smoke something I've never had before. So this is just another one. Um, this has got some really good reviews. Um, looked it up, and I also tried to pair it with what we're drinking tonight, which we'll, we'll get into in a few minutes. But uh, just lit it up, so I can't tell you much about it for taste. But I can tell you the makeup. Uh, it's a Me- Mexican Rosado Oscuro wrapper, um, Nicaraguan bind and Nicaraguan fillers. Um, just looking up, it's supposed to be like a cream, very creamy. Let, let me just stop you right yeah. there. Just, just that description of the wrapper, binder, and fillers. You got excited. Amazing. You got excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I know what my next smoke is going to be. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw me. As we were coming on, I was literally smelling, you know, like yeah. I had it. Like, cause, yeah, that Conway that, will have that next episode. Yeah. yeah. That, that, Without I, a fucking I, doubt. I know that's your flavor right there. But uh, just lit it up. Definitely, uh, it's definitely down my lane. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this, man. I'm really looking forward to the pairing up. That's when I'm really going to uh, show I'm going to enjoy this. But, uh, Rob, what you smoking tonight? Um, I always like to find hidden gems. That's always like the... Always been like a record hunter when I would do production. Always, I mean, you always try to find like that hidden gem. So that diamond in the rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something that not everybody else is really on. You know what I mean? Because maybe, maybe it's just because the circulation hasn't got out there yet. But came across this uh, particular line from uh, Lost, Lost and Found Collection. Scooby Snacks. This particular one is released in 1916. I'm sorry, 2016. 1916 would be an extremely old cigar. I was about to say that they mummified that bitch. Yo, absolutely they did. That's age. 2016, I'm sorry. That's funny as shit. I actually had to catch myself too. Um, But it's got a San Andreas wrapper with an Indonesian binder and a Nicaraguan filler. You could feel the coarseness on this thick. It's a 6 by 52, right? perfect like you know i'm not a big gauge smoker i'll do it on occasion yeah but you know 52 to me sometimes is the size i wouldn't you know really the gauge i wouldn't want to go up you know above gotcha. yeah. ideally ideally yeah. so but this san andreas is very dry and coarse it's very well constructed and uh this is a big shout out to caldwell for actually putting together this loss of found line that whole that whole line is like it's crazy you want hidden gems man and you yeah. want value for your buck you know you want two and one i mean this is really it right here and the amazing thing about lost and found is that we have an outstanding collection here at smoking ashes 200 what we've been driving to neck new jersey zero seven triple six love it love it love it shameless plug but outside of that conway what are you smoking on today so i've smoked usually this particular brand's box press so I'm smoking, now this is a very, and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to be insulting when I say this, but it's a, it's a small company, it's called Phoenix. Um, yeah, small batch. Out of DR, Gene Rodriguez, I believe is the owner of the company. Um, so this particular one is a Maduro wrap, it's a Dominican cigar all the way through, six by 60. Now usually I don't do the big gauges. Yep. I'm usually like you, like 52, mm-hmm. 54 at the most. Uh, yeah, that's pushing But too. usually with the Phoenix, we usually have the box press. So what they what they did was they sent us some samples uh, earlier last year. I want to say it was sometime in the summer, mm-hmm. early summer, maybe late spring, early summer. Yeah, it's a rough time. Yeah. And you know, as we get our samples, we obviously smoke them to see if it's something that we want to put in our humidor. And I gravitated to it very quickly, which is not weird, but unlike me, just just because I usually do the odd ones. Yeah, no. You know, and I think that's, that's what we all share in common, yeah, the three of us. Definitely. Um, but when 
it's a Dominican cigar that I like. I'll definitely it stand, yeah, with. and when it stands out, it stands out. It definitely you does. Know, don't matter what region. And it doesn't have the trade, and maybe this is why I like it. It doesn't have the trademark pepperiness that a Dominican cigar usually gotcha. has. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I, I gravitate toward, yeah. towards it. Um, so this is my first time smoking this bigger gauge. I usually, like I said, I usually do the box press. So this is the 6 by 60 Maduro wrap. Um, so I just lit it up. And Malik, you had talked about pairing before. So I can't think of a cigar that wouldn't go good with the liquor we're drinking today. <laughs> Yo, real talk. This that's, shit that's is amazing. Delicious. And Malik, since you you brought it to the table in terms of uh, your idea, this was your idea, and you, you brought it to uh, to the podcast tonight, I'm going to let you talk about what we're drinking on. All right, so let me just give you a little backdrop on why I, I actually ordered this. So you, so that's the first thing. You can't even find this this brand locally here. I think it's maybe at a rest, one restaurant in the city, and possibly I think it's in one liquor store out in Long Island somewhere. But the name of the company is Authentico Nativo. This is a Panamanian rum. Uh, it's aged 15 years. So... We had a Cigar 101, what was that, back in August, I believe? We had a Cigar... I think uh, it was August, yeah. Cigars, yeah and early we, August. And we did it with uh, with the uh, wine and liquor pairing. So, uh, Patricia, uh, shout out to Patricia. Social, yeah, big ups, Patricia. Social Vigor. Vigoron. Vigoron. Um, she came through, she brought this through, and I remember we were doing the tastings, and I was like, holy shit, this is delicious. Now, you, y- y'all know I'm a big rum guy, I'd rather... I go for the rum even before the whiskey and the, and the uh, you know the bourbon. So mm-hmm. I fell in love with this, and I said, "Well, I gotta get this." So obviously, you know, we you knew we had to have some type. I wanted to switch it up because we've been doing the whiskeys and bourbons yeah. lately. Yeah, yeah. No, so I said, perfect. "You know what? Let's let's switch it up. Let's do something a little different." So again, this company is based out of Panama. Um, they actually they started years ago, I believe, like in two thousand and maybe two thousand and eight, nine. They mostly sell in Europe, so they're not okay. they're not big here. They're just starting to come here in the states. They have so a, they're pushing. They're pushing. Their marketing yeah. is coming out. They're here. mainly down south. I believe they're based out of Miami. Um, so they're not again. They're not they're not selling as much up here. Um, but again, they have a fifteen year. They have a twenty year um, age, and then they have a hundred and eight proof one. Well, I think the hundred and eight proof one was the one that we had here. The red label. That was the red label. Okay, I knew we had we one had, that was really strong. We had three. All right, so we had all three it. of them. Yes, yeah, so we had all three of them here. So this is I'm the Phillips that I missed that day. By the way, <laughs> we saved some for you though. We saved, we saved, yeah, yeah, we saved yeah, yeah. But just the day in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, something interesting about Panama. Um, it's very volcanic. So, uh, so they have a lot of you know that soil. That that gives it that really like that. It's the di- same same that soil that yes, yeah, the yeah. cigar manufacturers look exactly. for when they want to so try. So that's why I said I was really excited food. about the pairing for this. Um, you know, there's 500 rivers in Panama. It's <laughs> a lot of flowing water. Exactly, exactly. So um, especially considering it's, it's not a very large country. No, it's exactly. not. Comparatively exactly. speaking, like it's not like some huge landmass. So to have that many rivers is actually kind of insane. Do they all tie in to the Panama Canal? That's a good question. Panama Canal's man-made, I so am. probably not. But they might need the way to get the water from. They didn't drag there Good by point. pair. You know, yeah. they had to have stuff tie in from yeah. the rivers. So just to give you some of the notes, it's very, it's like a caramel, like heavy on the caramel. Yes, yeah, definitely. Toasted but, but not, cedar. But not overly sweet. So it's that's, not sweet. So that's, what the, that's, the, that's what exactly I was going to say. Usually a lot of these rums, at least I know you guys, you, you know, you guys enjoy rum, but you don't like the ones that are overly sweet. This yeah. is definitely not overly sweet. It's no, just, because it's there's just a spice enough. to it, though. Yes, yes. just The enough. spice kind of picks up right where, it, like, it gets to a point where it is getting sweet, yeah. and then the spice kicks in and starts yeah, just, just about pushing that back. It's the perfect balance of spicy and sweet. Yeah, you know you have, job. like, Captain Morgan spice rum or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just... 
they overdo it on the spice. Yeah, it's a little too much. And then you have some rums where it's just like it's too sugary and too like yeah. sweet or whatever. Yeah. This is the perfect balance. And I just want to say something real quick with respect to drinking rum and smoking a cigar. Because mm-hmm. people think, like, okay, cigar. They automatically think one of probably three types of drinks. Whiskey, whether it be bourbon, scotch, or whatever. They think uh, like a cognac. Mm-hmm. And they think like maybe like a, a sherry or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So rum, when it's a good rum, a sipping rum, and, and not 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 to shit on anybody's you know company or whatever, Cardi, but yeah, I mean, like when you have a shitty rum, like don't expect it to go well with a, with a, a quality cigar. It has to be a quality rum, and best believe, this is a quality quality rum. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to compare it to like you mentioned like the company like Bacardi, like they're clear and they're añejos. They're nothing that matched to what they do in their actual plant. I actually had done the tour. They do a reserve select that you can only purchase from the plant. But that's NPR. Yeah, it's NPR. Yeah, I'm talking about you at your local spot on, you know, well, that's the thing. 169th and like Clay 110%. Ass, you know what I'm no, 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 110%. I was just saying to shore up the point of it being more of a sipping rum. You have like a lot of these companies, they don't release a lot of sipping rums because people usually want to mix rum right away they want to throw coke in it they want to throw something something in it it, juice make it into a a margarita or some kind of freaking slushy i mean at the end of the day it is a tropical drink it is it is it's always in a pina colada exactly exactly so very few companies do with this one i usually throw just one ice cube in there just to kind of you know smoothen out you know if it's a little overly sweet throw one ice cube on there open it up a little open it up perfect um also these uh they age these in in bourbon uh, excuse me bourbon barrels Mm. also Mm. So that's probably what that's the little oak, you know, taste that you probably get in here yeah. also. And um, what else? I think they won an they won an award for uh, top twenty year age for, I didn't even know that was a freaking award. But uh, in New York, they actually won this one first place for an award for most aged, I guess, rum. rum? Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. So um, I'm enjoying it so far. So far, it's definitely pairing well with the damn cigar. So Only problem is that it goes down too goddamn smooth. Yeah, that's how, just that's about how you say, get messed up. I think definitely how you get the, messed up. Yeah, one of the episodes that they're going to polish is <laughs> Yeah, it's going to get polished off. You start yeah. slurring towards the end, people. We sorry. Blame Not it, really. Blame it on the liquor. No, you're here for the show anyway. Fuck. <laughs> 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 that means we were talking some shit. I'm sorry tomorrow. And with that being said, let's get into topic number one. Um... Especially considering we're talking about polishing off bottles, because I'm sure a majority of these people were shit faced. We're talking about the Capital Raid. So, not even. Yeah, no, that was they, they knew pure exactly. They knew energy. exactly what the fuck they. Oh were. no, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they got shit faced and like just came up with some idea and like it was some like just drunk antics. Mm-hmm. But best believe, look at that crowd. They were drinking like fucking Coors Light. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I would even go lower. It's like Keystone Light. Those are the Bush and fucking like Keystone Light yeah, guys yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, good old boys. Especially my man in the fucking Viking hat. So, if, and this is a big if, but if you have a legit political concern, a legit, um, you know, just problem with the way things are going, and you want to be taken seriously about what your particular plight is, about what your particular platform is, why dress up like Flavor Flav met uh, what's it, William Wallace from um, Braveheart? Braveheart? <laughs> like, I get it, man. 
Are, we, like, are you expecting people to take you seriously? Well, you know what's funny though, bro. You want to really think about it. Like, the the things that white folk tend to do is they, they do a lot of Nordic shit. And doing Nordic shit, what my man basically was dressed like was a, like, like a, a Viking. Viking. Yeah, Viking. Yeah. So to them, they don't see that as different. They absorb that shit, and that's why they flip out when we do our shit. Our shit. Wait, but here, all right. So, number one, yeah, straight pillage and plunder. We're not in Scandinavia. We're not Facts, in Norway. Bro. We're not in wherever the fuck the the, the, the regions. Facts. Of number two, it's 2021. So, where, how, however you want to describe it, is like he was hearkening back to a time of like. Yeah. I don't even take him serious though. That dude's an actor. He's a known actor too. But that's my point. This whole thing was a fucking propaganda. That's thing. my. It's point. all a ploy. That's my point. Like yeah. you know, I was just drilling the message home, just of you know yeah. how these people could you know these people, <laughs> how they can you know. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> these people? <laughs> exactly what I said. <laughs> you know they you know honestly they can relate to you know Vikings and horns and blood pouring down. That's you know what <laughs> paganists do. <laughs> no, but my man for real, for real, like straight up watched Braveheart and was like, "Oh no, without a doubt, that's the look right yeah, there." Yeah, without a doubt, that's without a doubt, look. without a doubt. But um, that dude's a known actor, you know, and he's done this before in other publicity stunts with the the RNC uh, showings and stuff. Like, it's just crazy. Like, so for those that don't know who we're talking about, his name is Jake Angeli. Uh, he's an Arizona native. Big surprise there. Considering the history of that particular state, um, and he was one of the more prominently photographed individuals that raided the Capitol a few weeks ago. Um, he did he have a spear as um, well? It was like it's more like, like, call a, that like, a, like a little flagpole more thing. It had like a little sign on it. I don't think it had a spear. That's what I think it was like a spear. That's what yeah, he said. It was, like, it was a spear. It was a spear. Right? Yeah. It was like remember in Thor, the last one, uh, that little thing, when he turned, it went from uh, from his uh, original hammer. It was like a spear, basically. He like was, a scepter. Yeah, a scepter. There you go. There you go. That dude is not. Okay. So yo, he's not really nuts. Cause yo, yeah. you know, he didn't even fucking eat and fucking yo. For one, oh, yeah, time he, out. He said he, he said time he was out. vegan on well, no, he yes. wanted organic food. Time in, in out. Yo, you can't come out dressed and like a get, fucking and they Viking. Gave it to him. Yo, but you can't come out dressed like a Viking and storm the Capitol and then, and then, and then get arrested and then be like, I will not eat unless it's organic. Yo, son, yo, I couldn't even be the officer there, man. man yo, you ain't getting shit now, bro. Straight bologna sandwiches. Yeah, you're getting pure processed Oscar Mayer. Bologna sandwiches with the fucking government cheese. And I'm going double it, to double it up for you. With the hard white bread. So... In addition to that particular individual, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because regardless of where you lie in, in, in politics, loss of life is never. Yeah, been. yeah, yeah. So Ashley Babbitt. So she was the young woman who got shot in the neck by one of the officers that was um, trying to protect the the Capitol and, the, and those inside. So I, when it when it first happened, I just thought she was just some. You know, Middle America just got ramped up and, or should say, amped up by these, you know, these, 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 these Trump rallies and went out there. 
Come to find out, and, and this was about you know a few days afterwards after she was identified. When, her, when the truth came came out, Air Force veteran. Yep, fourteen years. Yep, I want to say fourteen or fifteen. She was up there, retired. So here's my question: Military people, more so than I would think anybody, should be about protecting the union and being. Patriotic. patriotic and having allegiance to that particular union so what happened after she left the military in her personal life how do you go from following your commanding officer whoever that is to storming the capital leading the charge Hot. dudes pointing weapons at you and you're like let's go now Two things pop in my head. Number one, Hot. maybe that military background is what gave us some of the gangsterness to well, absolutely. lead that charge. It, it definitely did. But that. number two, the flip side of that, on some real shit, people talk about white privilege, whether it exists or not. I seriously think she thought they were in on her bus. head. She was like, they shoot. They're not gonna shoot me. What am I like? Regardless of whatever I'm doing, like they're not gonna shoot me. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think it touches to something you had just said. You said that being in the military, you're used to following the commander in chief. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, she was following the commander in chief, and if she and her personal beliefs put her on the side that you know was a, a supporter of that regime, so to say. Well, at that time, he was her commander in chief, and he was grieving the green light for them to go out there and do what they did. Yeah. You know, they showed clips of them sitting inside of a tent outside watching this whole charade from yeah. TVs. They had old Trump sons out there, and they were celebrating watching this shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to go even a step further, this is probably digging a little too deep, but obviously they said a majority of those people that were out there were retired military people. But if let's do the if you if you really look into the background of military, where do most of the people that go into the military? It's Middle America. It's Middle America. It's Middle America. These small, you know, little towns. It's Middle America and poor. Well, that's the that's the designated, the number one designated. So when they come back home, poor area. When they come back home, no matter what they learn in the military, they're still they're still they're still privy to the information and what's around them, when their surroundings and what they grew up with, their parents, whether they were, you know. you know, Confederate flag people, or just come from that that that, and don't that forget, family system. And don't forget them going to the military and actually linking up with other like-minded exactly. people like that. Exactly. And so, seeing like this is what it really is. This is that, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Make let's make America, you know, white again. That's what it. That's what it really. Is. <laughs> well, to make America great again, we, yeah, we all know. We all know. We, we know. We know what that means. Like we, we. I think it was pretty obvious, yeah. like where that slogan was coming from. Um, it's. Harkening back to a time when people of color knew their place. Where it was, okay, look, this is our country. We've allowed you to be here. And just don't act up. We'll give you your little crumbs crumbs or whatever, and all will be good. Sit in the back of the bus, drink water from your water fountain. Hang out in your establishment. Exactly. Don't fuck with us. Don't date our daughters. Yep. Don't fuck our daughters. And we're all good. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. Our sons can fuck you though. Wait, wait. Meanwhile. Dad. 
fucking. Yeah, oh yeah. The the the, the, the black secretary, the baby, or, or the black maid, the nanny, yeah. the nanny, mom. Mm-hmm. Was fucking like the the the, the milk man, whoever you know what I'm saying? Like mailman. Shit was shit was like it's so funny to me how sometimes people think that Leave It to Beaver and and, and 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 TV shows like that was actually a real time in America. Because when they say Make America Great Again, like they they they're romanticizing big time the the past. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like well. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not. This is not like a, a shit on America, like segment or whatever. It, it is a amazing country. Don't get me wrong, but if you're going to be real about it, it has its severe flaws. So if we want to really be great, let's address those flaws and be better. But it's just when they when they when they talk about um, this great time, my question is always, well, what time period was that? Hot. And speaking of the flaws, I mean, we'll get into this in the other second, but Trump, that's what he did. He exposed all the flaws of this country. Well, he did. He brought up he all brought, the ugly He brought parts. it up. He, he took it from, you know, from the gutters and people where people were hiding it, where you didn't, you know, it wasn't as, as glamorized. And he put it out on Front Street. And, you know, I, and this is what we got. I mean, at the end of the day, this might sound crazy. I think Trump was kind of needed. For this country, oh no! Uh, Rick, oh no! I mean, Rick, even Rick, Ross said yeah, that. Ross said yeah, that. He was, was needed. Say, yeah. he was needed. Rick Ross said it in, in a song when he, he said, um, uh, "I'm glad Trump became the president because we got to destroy before we elevate." Before yeah. We elevate. Yep. So and that it, was years ago. He said yeah, that. exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I, I I agree with you, Lee. I, I think it, it was needed because I think we kind of, I think a lot of people started poking their chest out, like, "Yeah, look how great we are. We hot. We we voted a, a black man into the." Presidency mm-hmm. twice, mm-hmm. so racism is over. Yeah. We're great, and there's no more problems. Exactly. And I think what Trump did, which I think was necessary, yep. like it was, it was a shitty four years, but I think it was necessary where you had an unveiling of what the underbelly of this country mm-hmm. still was, and you can't address something, you can't excise something without being aware of it so number 45 thank you for that because now yeah, we can no. we can we can see the problem and, and and root it out and just real quick this is not even like a republican democrat thing because best believe the republicans i think were equally as appalled and scared really of what was happening at the capitol mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just Democrats in there. Everybody was there. Pence was there. Exactly. They were trying to kill Pence. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, they, you know, you know, they're politicians. They're not. It, it, the days of, like, the actual people who go to war being leaders of the government, those those days are over. It's now. Nah, it, it's now. Nah, it's all intellectuals. Mm-hmm. So they're not about that life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. Hot. Lindsey Graham's not fighting nobody. No. Mitch McConnell's not fighting nobody. No. I'm surprised there weren't more like heart attacks and stuff that day. <laughs> I'm dead ass, man. Like, yo, everybody there is old as shit. Yeah. yeah. Pelosi is what, 80? Yeah. And Schumer can't be fucking that much younger yeah. than her or yeah. older. Yeah. I mean, you know, Graham, all these, they're old. Yeah. They're old people. Yeah. Like, like all jokes aside, like, 
and, 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 and literally all jokes aside like these are old to elderly people who write laws and make speeches and that's it there's not a lot of yeah. physicality with that you know what i'm saying so you had, and then you had on the flip side young people young angry people yeah. with weapons storming the capital exactly. regardless of what side you other other aisle you fall mm-hmm. on they were going to be they were going to be afraid shout out to that uh to that officer who uh at first i remember when i saw the cl- this clip i'm like yo why is he running from these people you have a, a, a weapon then i found out the story behind it you know he basically was pushing them away from pence so yeah, he, he basically he misled them to he misled them the cha- away the chamber from, uh, uh, away from the chamber so that pence oh, they, that. they were going that's for why office. he was they were going for his office yeah that's why they um uh brought him out to walk kamala, yes, he Harris walked kamala out when she was going up shout out to him man that, that but was yeah, some bravery no, right he there. led that a whole mob completely to the other side of the building yeah so yeah. the attention was on him and yes, away from the people exactly. They was going for Pence. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Pence had some dudes around him with burners. They was going to <laughs> so so. light whoever's coming yeah. in there. But, yeah. you know, you didn't want to see that. You know, that would have just been more lives taken. So you, you didn't want that. Yeah. No, so shout out. Not. Yeah. Definitely, but definitely. speaking about lives taken, man, I mean, at the end of the day, what's bothersome to me is that you can see the truth in America through the way these individuals who have been arrested and how they're getting handled. They're getting released Let's left and right. It. Talk about it. And all I'll say is, yo, Paul Khalif Browder mm-hmm. got arrested for potentially, or he was allegedly, allegedly stealing a backpack. Stealing a backpack yeah. And his life basically died. It ended because of that. Yeah. Then that whole story is another topic. The young man never, ever got out of prison until it was too late. And, and those who have not watched the documentary or not read up on it, Khalif Browder, um, and I think Jay-Z was instrumental yes. in bringing yeah, he was. that documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing story. I, you know, to this day, I've never seen that documentary, bro. Because you'll probably piss you off. No, it's no, no. gonna piss you off. It's, no, it's, it's not because I it was pissed me off. It's just because of the nature of what I do. Like I, I know. knew about it exactly before the it's documentary. It's a lot. Yeah. Out. So well, the documentary is very heavy. Yeah. yeah no, it was I'm, filmed very well. Yeah. They really caught the emotion of everything there. Mm. But the point is, you had a black man for a book bag, lose his life, and you actually had people. Who willingly went and listen? I didn't write the laws that stated if you deface a fucking government building and you storm under the attempts of mutiny and treason and what is it, sedentary or whatever that other word is? I forgot what it's called. Where it's just you know all these insurrection is that the word? Not insurrection. insurrection. There's another word oh, that okay. is in between treason and um, uh, where, where they were trying to use that word and, and that word. They were trying to use that word to protect the people who did it, but at the end of the day, it still led to a riot or a revolt that got physical. So therefore, that word went out the window, and it literally should become treason. Yeah, it's like minimum ten years or twenty years or something. It's supposed to, but these people are getting away with warnings yes. now, and that's Crazy. the thing that's killing me. Had this been because a- they had no background, they have no no criminal background. No, so some of them, some of them, some did. of them. No, did. But I'm saying they, they're using that as an excuse. Is the ones that didn't have criminal background, they're just letting them go. But the ones who did, exactly, we, they're still letting them go too. Right. Like, they're not even showing like this guy's going to be arrested or going for trial. They're not doing none of that. So. Mm-hmm. I got, I got a, a quick little little story. I saw something on Instagram um, a couple weeks ago, and I just was like, "Holy shit!" Out of all people, to make a very salient point, OJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah I yes, that. I saw that clip yeah. of him walking. Yeah. When he's talking about, yo, when Martin Luther King was talking that talk, 
He was also walking the walk. He was leading the marches. Malcolm leading the marches. They was out there, vulnerable, putting their lives on the line. All the people who was talking that talk, politician-wise I'm talking about, and, and, and the leaders of this so-called movement, aren't out there. They leave, they leave the, you know, average person, quote-unquote, to make the raid or, or, or make themselves vulnerable, make themselves, you know, uh, put themselves out there to be arrested. But you didn't see none of the so-called leaders out there doing anything to further this so-called cause. And when I saw OJ make that comment, I'm like, holy shit, out of all people, OJ? Facts, man. Okay. All right. You know, like, I look, OJ wasn't, OJ grew up black, and he wasn't black for about 20 years. No, he was just OJ. He was just OJ. And then around 95? He was reintroduced to himself. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he motherfucking was. I'm a black emoji. And speaking about blackness, let's get into our notable mention segment of the day. And our notable mention for today is Miss, I'm sorry, Hot. Lady Vice President Kamala, Kamala Harris. Yes, sir. So not only is she the first female vice president of this particular country, um, before even winning, I think she was only the second female to be on a major ticket, um, Geraldine Ferraro, back in the 80s. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that ticket. I remember seeing that. As so a I was six years old. I was 84. Um, she was under Walter Mondale. But the funny thing is, like, I remember her as a, 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 a candidate. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And thinking to myself, like, oh, it's a woman. That's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that we have not seen a woman since then is kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's other developed nations that have presence. Women are, lead, are leaders. Yeah, well, <clears throat> remember their undertone or their underwritten law, you know, that they just feel that, you know, women to hold power but the most emotion I've ever seen in my life were the last four years when things didn't go a certain way for a certain person a little spoiled kid (laughs) let me let's talk about that I mean yeah uh, anyway so let's continue he was number 45 because he acted like he was 4 or (laughs) 5 yeah facts man keep it on greatness keep it on greatness yeah yeah let's do that so I'm alright so I'm just gonna keep it all the way 100 right so I did not fuck with Lady Vice President as a candidate for president at first because of her history. For those that know, have listened to this podcast before, they know I'm, I'm an attorney. She was a prosecutor. I'm a criminal defense attorney. So she was a prosecutor, exactly. So just being a prosecutor in and of itself, it rubs me the wrong way a little something. But then in addition to that, Incarcerating people for something as innocuous and something as 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 just benign as marijuana possession. Like how does that sit with you when you know as a black American what it is. What it is. Yeah. Like what that, that that's on. the that's the, the game right there. Like where they're disproportionately incarcerating us for something that 
hasn't harmed a person in the history of this planet. It's, yeah, it's existence. And yeah, I, and, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, she had a chance to reverse that, specifically in California, and she actually voted against it. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah Wouldn't be did. surprised. But even with that being said, she now is the vice president of the United States and a Howard graduate. Yeah. And Shameless plug. H U. So, you know. So, it's... I can't help but be proud that of there's a Howard grad absolutely as the, the vice president yeah. of the United States and a black woman and a black woman yes. and an AKA and, 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 and she's an AKA yeah, yep. like my wife so it it's so cool because it legitimizes yeah my cousin is too HBCUs what? my cousin AK too my bad what? okay yeah Bridget's sister Alicia she is oh, oh okay yeah, cool AK. cool so like Yo, I've had conversations with people in the past, in, in my professional life or whatever, where that's like, oh, so where'd you go to college? I was like, oh, I went to Howard. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so, like, how was that? Why, why didn't you go to a real school? Yeah, that, like, that's crazy. I've had people ask me that before. We're they, gonna, we're, yeah, that's a touchy subject, and we're going to get into that in a later episode. Yeah, too, no, definitely. We have another episode you know, we're going to talk about, with, especially with sports and stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A real school. That's, 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 that shit is crazy. Meanwhile, way before Kamala Harris, Thurgood Marshall went to Howard. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court went to Howard University. So yeah. it's just, I think just for the younger people, because let's be real. Howard has been producing a lot of entertainers that are famous. Mm-hmm. Puff being, you know, one of them. Um, you know, Marlon Wayans went there. The, uh, Wendy Raquel Robinson from um, uh, Steve Harvey Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felicia Rashad, who's Claire Huxtable, went there. Um, Debbie Allen went there. Black Panther. But yeah, Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Black Panther. Right. But there's a lot of entertainers. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay, well, if you want to be like in entertainment, Ent- yeah, you go but it doesn't mean like you're smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But th- what they don't see is the numerous successful business people but they're not going to be famous mm-hmm. so what Kamala Harris just did not just for Howard for all HBCUs absolutely you know, legitimize the shit out of it so yes, it for did. that we congratulate you so so speaking of Lady Vice President Harris um, our next topic is this recent inauguration and it making history. Because not only do we have a black and South Asian descent vice president, we also have a black secretary of defense in general, Lloyd Austin. Four-star general retired, I think. There's a nominated, hasn't been confirmed yet, but nominated secretary of the interior which would be the first, and this goes to your t-shirt that you're wearing today, Ryan. Her name is Deb. I'm going to guess how to pronounce this. Holland or Holland, H-A-A-L-A-N-D. Hot. Native American woman. There we go. Oh, wow. I saw that. Yeah. Which is so ironic on so many different levels that it's, it's, it's somebody who descendants... I might even say own the country because they didn't look at they didn't, they didn't life view that it that way, way. Yeah, they didn't, life they didn't, wasn't yeah, like that yeah. that was a a European mind frame yeah exactly exactly but it's just so crazy how 
it took this long for that to happen considering hey look i'm not gonna sit here and try to minimize the plight of black people in this country because slavery was an atrocity but the genocide that took place is equally if not even more insane so the fact that it took so long for somebody from that walk of life to even be considered to be in the government is a little insane yeah definitely I mean, just the whole cabinet is diverse. I mean, the secretary, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, treasury secretary, Janet Yellen, female. Um, head of Homeland Securities, um, Latino, Alejandro Mayorkas, I believe is his name, Cuban descent. HUD secretary is another black female, actually from, uh, from Ohio, which is cool. She's actually grew up in an area in, in Cleveland that I know a lot of people, uh, Shaker Heights, shout out to Shaker Heights. Got a lot of friends from out there, but yeah, she, um, what's her name? What you was doing out there in Shaker Heights? Yeah. Nah, I wasn't out there. I just know people out there. Shaker Heights. How, how you know people out in Shaker Heights, yo? Yo, you, yo. Quick, quick story, you know what's yeah. funny? Obviously, you know, since I've been out here for eight years and I live in a you know, predominantly uh, Caucasian town, the two families that I met in my town were from Cleveland. Two black families, I should okay. say, were from, and then one was from Shaker Heights. Actually, both of them were from Shaker Heights. So it's crazy. And then actually, I used to work with a dude from Shaker Heights also. But, um, yeah, man, uh, Marcia Fudge, uh, black, you know, uh, female in the cabinet. So I think Biden was very strategically smart by just making his cabinet very diverse. And it's a it's a big change from obviously where we just came from with uh, the number 45. And uh, he threw, uh, what's his name, the doctor in, in the HUD, who had yeah. no experience at all. That's, he was a brain token, surgeon. Straight yeah. token. So, you know, he's, he's hiring people with experience and yeah. he's making it diverse. So ben, shout, out, shout out to Biden. Dr. Ben Carson, that was the name you were thinking of. Exactly. Let me ask you guys something. Because it, it's, he's obviously going out of his way to make a, a diverse cabinet. At the end of the day, he's a 70-something-year-old white dude from Delaware. Delaware is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a pretty white state. Very small. Yeah, and very small. So what do you think about him going out of his way to, to do this? I'm just curious on you guys' thoughts. So... I was going to get into this later, but I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I think this is, like I said, it's very strategically planned. And the good, I, this might sound weird, but the good thing about him being the age he is, and obviously they say the older you are, you're stuck in your ways. I think he's to the point now, let's just keep it real. Nobody else was going to beat Trump or Biden. Let's just keep it real. Yeah, no, that's, that's, real, that's real talk. And he knew that. that's the only reason he even ran. I don't think he didn't want to become a president. I think he he knew if we got to get this guy out, I, I'm the only person who can run. So I think because of that, he has an incentive and he kind of has, you know, subconsciously, he's just like, you know what? I'm here. I just, I came here to save this country. I'm going to listen to the people around me. And I think that's why he's hiring specific type of people around him. I don't think he's going to do much, man. I mean, the dude is... He's going to be more of like a figurehead. He's going to be a figurehead, and he's hiring the right people around him to make the decisions. Well, he's definitely definitely hiring the right people. Yeah. But I will say that his first day in office, he undid 17... Oh, because that was a must. He had to. He, he had to. Hot. Actions yeah. of 45. Exec- executive orders. Yeah. And yeah. including closing down the coastal pipeline that ran... Yeah. Now, I love how propaganda works. Hot. And don't fall for stuff, people. Listen, when one person wins, one person's going to lose. And some of those deals that made that other person look really big is going to also make this new person look really bad. So with the closing of the pipeline, they had a huge article today. And I'll take some of that too, brother. 
They had a huge, oh, no, I was going to pass it on. Thank you, brother. Thank you. They had a huge article today about how America just lost 11,000 jobs because of the closing of the coastal pipeline. At the end of the day, you got to pick a side on where you stand as just a human being. That coastal pipeline was going to do nothing but bring crude oil from Canada and down here, and it was going to fucking destroy the greenhouse effects and all this fucking... You can only imagine how many leaks and issues would have happened yeah, throughout yeah, the yeah. land. Yeah. It's a pipe. I worked. I was a welder for years. The shit corrodes after a while, always having repairs. It's sad that fellow brothers that I, I had to, you know, being that, you know, I was a fellow welder, you know, I know that you lost your job, the union suffered a little bit, but the actual project, just like the building of the wall, they just should have never have happened. Yeah. You know what Facts. I mean? Yeah. So it, it's sad that you lost your job, but the reason why you had it to begin with shouldn't have been for, it shouldn't have been in place. And, and let's look at the bigger picture. 11,000 jobs lost. Okay. But if we stop focusing on fossil fuels and start investing in future cleaner energy, you're going to create way more jobs than those people who have lost. And those people who have lost can be trained for new jobs. Mm -hmm. So that way your job doesn't become obsolete. Like that, those 11,000 jobs they're talking about that was lost, your job isn't going to, like, even if you had it, you think you're going to be secure over the next five, ten years? Your job's going to become obsolete very quickly the way the world is going. And this country, once again, this is not a shit on America episode. It's just, it's just pointing out its flaws so that we can be better. We're all about money, but we're all about short-term money. We don't look at the bigger picture. And if we looked at the bigger picture, the real money is in renewable green energy. Sustainable energy. But the old money... Is all in fossil fuels, and that's where the whole uh, make America great. This whole, you know, yeah, well, the lobbying is big when it comes to fossil fuels, man. And you know, going back to what was it, episode uh, two, with the uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> I mean, look, there's individuals. You mean your favorite episode? My favorite one because I didn't get to talk about everything. But yo, it's not the first time that we've been around amazing inventors of our time. And, you know, you had a guy named Nikolai Tesla that made so many patents and so many inventions that got confiscated by the government, got taken away. And this man has numerous exposés done in front of people where he would put light bulbs in a field. And then he built this Tesla tower off of by Coney Island, where he built the field to put the light bulbs in was over by the Long Island Sound. So it was a certain distance away. When he turned his tower on and plugged the light bulbs into the ground, the light bulbs went on. What that proved was he knew how to transmit free electricity through radio waves. And that's where the conspiracy came in with J.P. Morgan Chase and Thomas Edison. When they came in and basically, they, 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 they pimped them up basically and were just like, listen, you can't do this. This is not about business. You, yeah, you, we, you're, money we can't make money off it. You no can't money do this. You're yeah. going to murder us right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and J.P. Morgan Chase and, and Thomas Edison did everything in their power to make sure that that never came to light. So we have technology is the point I'm saying. Yeah. When, you know, we know how to release things, when to release things. I just believe that it's very strategic when they decide to so they can continue the money flow. If it doesn't make dollar, it don't make sense. There you go. There so, you go. So, but looping back to 
this um, this cabinet that's being appointed. So, uh, you, you talked about um, he's going to be a figurehead. Yeah. Joe Biden, granted he was vice president, but he was pretty old when he was vice president for eight years. Then he just did that campaign trail. That that schedule is grueling. I think COVID helped him though. Believe it or not. What do you mean? Because the campaign trail yeah, wasn't as vigorous. Oh, because yeah. you yeah. couldn't go as many places. Yeah, yeah you're right. You know what? I never thought so about that. So he really you're, actually you're, had an easier path. Yeah, I right. think if he had to really campaign, yeah, you would have saw a lot. When he would have taken his toll. Yeah, bro, I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw him speaking today. He looked exhausted. When he was talking. Today. Oh, it's a lot, bro. He looked exhausted. It's a lot. Yeah. So here's my theory in this. I think, much like W, when if anybody saw the movie Vice, um, and shout out, um, Christian, Christian Bale, Bale, yeah, amazing, 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 amazing portrayal of Vice President Dick Cheney. Shout out to Sam Rockwell for pulling off G Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was an amazing performance too. So, but <laughs> catch me again. So, much like that particular presidency, where I think W was more of just a figurehead and then Cheney was basically running things. If that comes to pass with this particular administration. You essentially have a black woman running the country. Oh, you, you, you stole my thought. I was about to say. So that's the conspiracy theory. If you ask all the uh, really real hardcore conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, they feel that again he's just a figurehead. He was he was in. They voted him in to obviously you know get rid of Trump. And then within some time, within four years, he's going to say he's sick or he's he can't do it anymore. And this was the way for the global whatever they, they call it, the globalists to bring in a female. A black female to be the president of the United States. I've heard that. I mean, I've times. I've seen that on I've, social I've heard media. That I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna leave you out there by yourself. Yeah, I have seen that. that. So here's my question: If that does happen, she's not voted in. I was about to say that it's kind of like a gimme. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way it then, wants to be done. Then the term is up right after four years. Yes. If and we're gonna get into this in, in the third topic in terms of oh, the impeachment. See this, yeah. If the impeachment, which I don't think it's gonna happen, doesn't lead to a conviction, number forty-five can run again, mm-hmm. try to become number forty-seven. Mm-hmm. So, well, would he be forty-seven or would he just be forty-five? The sequel, like no, it'll be forty-seven because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> part good because part because he's not the forty-seven president. He was the president already. Correct. Yeah. I get what you're saying. But anyway, point being. Um, if he, I don't think he's going to get convicted, and we saw what happened when it boiled down to Donald J versus a woman. Regardless of what you want to say about Hillary and her politics or whatever, at the end of the day, we're a misogynist ass country, yo. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you see us watching that? Do you see us voting a woman in, regardless of who the woman is? And, that, and that's the sad part. Is I don't know. If the, I don't know if they're ready yet. I don't think. The I don't think the country's ready for it. Man. Now I'll tell you this much: if the theory were to go down the way Malik had mentioned, let's say after year one, like it's just too much, and he steps down, obviously Kamala steps in. Uh, I would sit and say that if she had three years and did well with the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I would think that she would have an opportunity to 
you know, run again and be able to, you know. This is what scares me, though, is the amount of suburban white women who voted for Trump. With everything, with his Facts. background, with women, Facts. and they still were like exactly. diehard Trump. Exactly. And I then know, now I a know. woman is in it, and you're not going to vote. You're still going to vote for this guy? That's scary. That tells me I don't think I don't think it'll ever happen. So again, it's uh, but here's the deal, right? If you guys really want to be gangster about it, right? You have to look at the demographic of the country as a whole. It's changing. We're, but we're not changing, the right? word minority anymore. Exactly. Okay. So when you look at that, by sheer numbers. You would have to, you know, and that's the thing with the electoral college. I was just college. about to say that, that electoral college, that's kinda, where, that would kind of defeat the whole, it would, it would throw it out the... Out they the would road. need to change the way that system yeah. works and just and, go off of the popular vote. That would really level the playing field, to be honest with you. I mean, it would. If that's going to happen... It's yeah. never going to happen, Conway. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's yeah. never going to happen. Okay, okay. I know that for a fact, but... Because that's essentially also the, one of the reasons why I have a problem with just... It's not just the president. It's not red or blue. Honestly, when you have... I won't even go dig deep into the House because the House turns over more people than the Senate does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the terms are shorter. Exactly. Those senators are sitting in their seats for 40 years. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. McConnell's been there forever. Lindsey Graham's been there forever. And so has guys like Chuck Schumer. And, and you know, they've and been there. Close. You remember Strom Thurmond? Thurmond, yeah. That dude was yeah, there bro, for, for forever. Ever. <laughs> you can't get some of these people off, and you never will. And this is how they run their districts, and that's why the lobbyists always yeah. pumping the money to them, and they support their certain agendas. That's where the problem in government is. It lies in the Senate because you need new blood in a new country. Like, listen, you had said it before, Conway. We have these older, elderly on the status, on the on almost the border of being elderly. Yeah. Now, granted, they're writing laws, but. Their mind frame, yes, listen, some of them are very smart. They've been around such a long time. But the world is changing. And the sad thing is a lot of them are not changing with the times. And that's why you won't see progress. Because they're stuck in their ways. They're stuck in their ways. So until we could fix the real problem of getting shorter terms on these Senate terms. Or or just term limits. Or term limits in general. Fact. That's where we'll start seeing, (coughs) excuse me, a real change. But to your point. It's going to be extremely hard because because of the way the electoral college is structured. It doesn't matter even if you get all the minority quote unquote vote, yeah. which basically just means people of color. Yeah. That's who's going to be voting for Kamala. Hopefully most everybody. And, and, and white progressives on the, on the coast. Well, thank God to COVID. What do you mean? Well, because listen, I think COVID with the whole situation with George Floyd, it brought more light to more people who were teetering on the they were on that the, the seesaw. Yes. Right in the middle, not knowing really what side. I'm talking directly about white people that were on the you know in the middle, not knowing what side to go to. Yeah. And having all that time at home because of COVID and all the media and all the the, the publicity with everything going on, people had more time to dig in and learn a little bit more. So because of that, I think you have a lot more of the white population seeing things in a different light because of that time to be able to catch up those are the ones that will help with the other votes to try to swing but the problem always after watching enough uh, elections on on tv you see these small little counties and it really boils down to these small states with these prominent counties that just add up with the electoral vote. Yeah, but you know what, though? They came through this election, for the most part. 
Mm. They, they did, bro. Yeah, we, I mean, it was, Georgia, it was, especially Georgia. It, it wasn't enough Georgia. of, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely shout out to Georgia, but it wasn't enough of a landslide. It was a swing. It was a swing state still, and but, they had a cut at four of them. But I don't think that's ever been done. No, it, I don't think it has. But the quote unquote, not even, not even swing states, states that have been for the for the last few elections, considered um, decidedly red. Arizona being one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like you it's know, starting to turn. Well, I don't know if that's long-term turn, no, and know. that's why I called it a swing state, and that's what the terms they were using with them. But here's why I think it might be: the country's only going to get browner. Yeah, it's not going to go back the other way. But by the populace, the majority of the people who are more browner, they're still living in the demographics where it's urban, and True. that's where the vote. True. It doesn't matter where that comes in; it's those other counties that count in that state that make up the voting power for that electro- that electoral college. When you were watching Georgia, there was like only three areas that were blue and yeah. the rest of the fucking state was red. Yeah, that's true. Now granted, the people in Atlanta or the greater Atlanta area is yeah. more populous, more popular, yeah. but exactly. all of those counties do add up after a while. No, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the South. It is, you know it is, like, it is. And, and sadly, a lot of us was like, fuck this, we out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Back yeah. in the slavery days, like, true. when the Emancipation Proclamation went down, it was like, word, we, we're good? All right, cool, we out. Like, I'll be real with you, too, man. Like, in the beginning, I thought, like, as I got older, I might would have entertained the idea of wanting to go down south. Me, too. Man, I will live on an island before I ever live down south. I was about to say, not my black ass. It no, is, exactly. It is 2021, and I still would not feel comfortable driving through Mississippi or Alabama, Alabama at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning by myself. No. I'm with you. At all. Or, not even by... Even with a group of y'all, like that makes it worse if it's a group. Exactly, exactly. Like, now we're a gang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, to um, a little bit more of a a lighter point, let's get into our next segment in between topics. Our billionaire block gem of the week: the importance of branding. Now. We're recording, as always, from Smoke and Ashes, Cigars and Haberdashery, the newest, hottest cigar lounge in the Northeast. But we're not just the name Smoke and Ashes. We have a logo. And we want to just talk about, in general, if you're building a business, the importance of branding. And Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. I want to just hear your thoughts on just what you think of when you think of branding in general and the importance of it. So I think branding is everything. I mean, I've seen so many companies that didn't even have st- uh, power enough to, you know, whether they were creating a product to be able to handle demand, but because of their marketing, they put themselves in a position where they can't even keep up with the demand. And that just shows you that whatever way that they decided to go with their, their marketing plan, it was on point to a point where they didn't even factor in the fact that this might really work and it did branding is everything it is your identity it is your bloodline it is your lifeline and your branding could also <laughs> you know what's funny i'll bring up a point on something that's uh, a hot topic right now and it's it's it goes to the whole thing of like swaying people the wrong way and i guess you could you, you you're swindling people in a sense so there is a new hot app out called clubhouse Clubhouse is where you can be in the same chat room with superstars, celebrities, uh, 
big figureheads, people. And what has happened is Clubhouse has blown up and taken off with almost every celebrity, every almost every figurehead in there. But predominantly, it's mostly people of color that are, are using it. Okay. What Clubhouse did was they used the icon and the image on their icon or their brand was that of a black man. Interesting. It is a white-owned company. I was just about to ask, is it a black-owned company? No, it's not. And What's the news that came out today? Well, you had the, the whole thing with uh, Master P blowing up, for one. He just, like, went in to tear them up because it's, it's again, talking about how black folk, uh, you know, we need to do more of our stuff and support our brands. And they basically just made... They made a white man. They just got a valuation of one billion dollars. Yeah, so we just made another. They got a valuation today of one billion. So much like Gucci, we made another one successful. We made another one successful. You're welcome. And again, though, but that also shows you the power of marketing and how how some type of brand association will sway people onto joining, following, wanting, and 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 it's amazing. Let me ask you guys something. When when we say branding. As a definition, what do you, how would you describe that? Branding to me is any way that you, whether it's through still pictures, video, caption, uh, any type of showcasing and storytelling of that, you know, towards whatever it is your product is. It is the lifeline of everything that your company should be. Here's a, here's a little example for anybody who's not familiar with it. Let's give an example of podcasting, what we're doing right here, just by having our, our, products our out. logo, our products out. If you watch um, Drink Champs, how they have different bottles, that's all branding for all these specific companies. It's yes. all getting as many eyes on your brand as possible. Yeah, no, And, you know, people don't realize the importance of social media when it comes to the branding because, listen, at the end of the day, People don't realize the importance of what they take in and how much they take in and they don't realize how much it sticks to you. You know, you can have too much. If your social media pages are opened up to nothing but ass and tits and that's just always on your feed, you're always going to tend to have that stick to you and you gravitate more to that thought process. Examples, these commercials, Allstate. Farmers, insurance, you know, they just, they throw it, they just shove it down your, down your throat. They try to find an easy way to yeah. get you to buy in mm-hmm. to them, and then you'll always just remember them exactly. for that moment, whether it was a funny moment. Mm-hmm. Think about the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? You always look for that one commercial that stands, stands out, out, and then you rep them. Like, that. yo, Doritos had the best commercial. With the time Pepsi. machine, yeah, yeah, Exactly, yeah, you know, shit yeah. like that. So, yeah. I mean, the importance of branding is everything, though. Without proper branding and marketing, you're not going to survive in today's world. Back in the day, you can get by with things with, because it was a little bit more local. And it, it was, but the truly innovative people still saw it. Like, if I said to you the word McDonald's, what colors automatically pop in your head? Red and yellow. Exactly. And what figure pops into your head? The arches. Ronald McDonald. And the arches. And arches. Exactly. So the people, even though, I, I, and I agree with what you're saying, what I'm saying is there were people that were ahead of their time that understood the importance of it and the golden arches the the Nike swoosh um, you know things of that nature they are synonymous with that particular brand and the branding of that 
is it just goes hand in hand. And Ryan, you had mentioned something earlier about the importance of branding and, and it kind of quote unquote being everything. I agree with you because I think it even surpasses quality. Now here at Smoking Ashes, it definitely does. We focus on branding, but we also what's equally as important to us is the quality of not only the cigars that we're providing you, but the experience. But the experience. Because I'm gonna mention a particular um, liquor company at the at the risk of them being a future sponsor of us. So you know I'm not a big tequila fan or whatever. But you know what? I'm not gonna mention the company. But it's a very, 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 very popular tequila brand that was in a lot of rap songs um, from about 2010 to I think, about 2015. I think, I think we got the point. Yeah, right? yeah. And real talk, it's a shitty tequila. Very, but yeah. but not the way it was branded. Exactly, exactly. And that's my point. That's how important branding is. When you have, and granted, they had a, an immense budget. So they can put themselves out there. Yeah, like you that. pay a couple of celebrities to put the bottles in their videos. Exactly, exactly. Give them lifetime freaking uh, shipments of not them. even just bottles, but there was like numerous references and numerous rap well, songs. Well, the songs they make, yeah. The, yeah no, it's so, true. but my point is though, is that that's how important branding is. You yep. can have a substandard, you know, uh, in terms of quality product, but if you market the shit out of it and brand it correctly, you can still have a successful brand. Now, once again. Here at Smoke and Ashes, branding is important, but it's only as important as the experience and the quality of the cigars that we're providing you. Yeah, we take we take passion and, and, and pride, pride in into yeah. into that shield. Like anyone who sees that logo, whenever you see that logo pop up on a flyer or you just you know you know whatever it is, when you see that, you know what comes with that. You know it. You can synonymously think about your experience. The the, the, the the different uh creativity you know uh level we've we've had with the events that we brought up and kept people into life even down to the art that is on our walls in our art gallery a lot of people have approached us like yo i got a guy he, he does art yeah you know, can i can i just can i just you know can, can, can he get some stuff up on your wall and our response is always have that person, we'll give them a card, have that person email us pictures of their work because we're not just going to put anybody up on our wall. No, it has to fit the vibe and, and what, what, we're, what we're also trying to, you know, showcase. It, it has to fit in with our... Exactly, because it's, it's not just about the quality of our cigars. Once again, it's the whole experience. So from the art hanging up on our walls to the... Sports that's on a, the TV constantly providing that experience merch, to the to the merch. to the merch to the to the DJs that we have in here. We don't just pick a name out of a hat. If you notice, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we always have a DJ. But also notice, it's not just some dunt-dunt motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a quality experience that you're gonna have every single time. And if we ever slip up and have a DJ in here or, or something in here that we don't think is up to our standards. You usually to, yeah, you usually don't see that individual back next week. You, exactly. We and that's why you haven't seen that in a very long time because we've built uh, an incredible rotation of guys who are talented from different walks of life, different levels of creation and gals. Correct. Big shout out. I was just about to get to their names, you know, because give them some notoriety because at the end of the day, man, 
without them, you know, they wouldn't be able to help us bring our vision to, you know, fruition. And I'll give a shout out to Nino. Big shout out to Nino, what up? Yeah, DJ Nino Brown. Big shout out to DJ Mike G. Big shout out to DJ So Lovely. Ecstatic. Big shout out to Rest in Peace to our man Asa Buchanan Bangers. Because again, I, I think I've said this on air before. If not, I'll say it again. Without uh, Asa being a part of our rotation throughout our first year, I don't know if you know we would have been able to complete the circle of giving people the experience that we wanted them to have and Asa knew what we yeah. were doing yeah. he saw the vision and he brought in and he came to work every Sunday and it, it, yeah, it wasn't a coincidence that he was on Sundays it ended the weekend so perfectly yeah. no it did man yeah. people, people really got a chance to really let loose because people, Sunday, are, people are stressed on Sundays because they're like man gotta go back I to gotta work. work tomorrow mm-hmm. exactly and exactly. we were still during COVID man. Yeah. Yeah. it was just yeah. tough for people yeah. Yeah. Asa and you know and he, again, Asa bought in, and, and 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 last but not least, man, um, big shout out to DJ Static. Like, people don't realize the, the the talent that 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 young man has. Oh, he, the people who are here. Well, they know people <laughs> who have had. If you know, you, you know. know. Now you know. But I mean, like, if you haven't had a chance, like, listen, when you see that fly go up with Static, just call the number and reserve immediately. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So hashtag the show static and it, again it just goes to keeping it in line with our plan with our brand and our marketing and we had a vision we had the right individuals and it's all, almost looking like the Kansas City Chiefs where they have the perfect storm where you have the great coaches and you have the, the great player being Pat Mahomes and you have the supporting cast that's just fucking phenomenal and the fucking speed demon that Tyreek Hill is yeah no <laughs> and then you got the beast and Kelsey again yeah. you have all these weapons that's what happened with us we were the Kansas City Chiefs of this nightlife cigar lane yeah definitely <laughs> and that and that even translates to the customer service because if you notice we have a protocol where anybody who's been here when you walk in you're gonna get greeted Facts. We're going to say hello. We're going to say welcome to Smoking Ashes. One of our lovely hostesses will approach you, ask you, you know, do you have reservations? Shout so, out Jen and Tiff. Tiff, what up? Jen, what up? So even down to just the custom service, if you're sitting there, if your ashtray is being, you know, is getting full, they'll come over, take it, bring it back to you, ask you if you need anything else. So that even goes, that even translates over to the customer service and, again, the whole experience that we provide here. Yeah, same thing. And shout out to all the customers that... Tip our hostess is so lovely. Like yeah. they, they walk home sometimes with like a little knot. You know what I'm saying? Well, our, like, our customer client base does very well, and they respect that it's part of our house rules. Our DJs make it well known also to make sure that our hostesses, you know, are taken care of. But for yes. the most part, like you said, our client base, they already know what to do, and you can't ask for anything else when you have, you know, a set of members and customers that love what you're doing, want this to stay. Consistent because they love being here, yes. and they buy in completely to what sure. we're doing. Definitely, so you can't, 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 can't get enough of those people here. So big shout out to our customer base. Definitely, definitely. So, like I said before, you know this this gem of the week is just about branding. It's important, but back your branding up with quality, because if you have amazing branding with quality, you can't lose. And real quick, Conway. Um, yeah. Again, for individuals who are either doing your own business or you have a partner or whatever and stuff, I started alluding to something earlier, and I think I was having a conversation with Conway before on air, off air rather, when we were talking about just 
uh, music at first, and then it, it segued into uh, the term diet. And diets are not necessarily everything that you know you would think of when you see hear the word diet. You think of diet, you think about weight loss, too fat, need to be skinny. Diets are also everything that you consume, from the company that you keep, from the stuff that you read, from the things that you take into your mind and your subconscious. If you streamline yourself and figure out what it is and how you want to attack your plan, get rid of all the noise and the stuff that doesn't help, focus in on your brand and realize that, and loot, and you know what's the other big thing? I just spoke to another individual the other day. She, she finally got out of her comfort zone and started doing more um, content where it's more creative on social media on social media and I actually in the, co in the cosmetic lane correct yeah, yeah and I gave her a huge round of applause because yeah. I like, yo you got out of your comfort zone yeah. and yeah. I said that was the hardest thing for you to do because now everything else is going to be easy and yep. you're going to get better at yeah. it I, I noticed that too so I started following her about about a month ago, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you want you yeah you want to jump out of your comfort zone and know the vision of what you want and then just rep it because yeah you know what. Listen, at one point in time we're all gonna die. Everyone is facts. So like, why hesitate and waste time and keep thinking when waiting for the perfect time? There's never a perfect time for anything in life. Getting married, having a kid, running a business. There's just no perfect time. And on top of that, if you don't believe in you. Why the fuck Facts. Should anybody else? Why should anybody else? Because at the end of the day, when you come up with your product, people are go, "Oh, great!" So tell me all about it. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, um, it's you know, I'm um, kind of like, nah, I'm good. I'm good, exactly. I'm good. But when you come out, you know everything about what it is. Yeah, you could be selling oh, shit, horse manure. <laughs> but if you selling that shit, like, I'm listening. Like, yeah. yo, yo, I got this crazy horse manure. Yo, if you got a farm, you can like. Fertilize your whole field. Well, that's about to you say. gonna have corn stalks that, growing up. My to shit your is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Link, I'm sorry, man. That was good timing, though. So, this, this yeah. Shit. My shit is the shit. But again, though, if you can sell anything, know your product, know it inside and out, and speak with it with confidence, and remember to rep your brand. Your photo opportunities, yeah. your storylines, uh, the way you can associate with people. If you have a, if you do have an opportunity to be involved with someone that has a, a bigger uh, fan base, whether it's a celebrity or insta celebrity or somebody, you might get a chance to take a picture with them. Your brand is always should be something that's associated with you, so that's not like how you know like with sports figures. You yeah. know, you see them and yours are synonymous with their jersey. Yeah. You know what same I mean? Same thing. Same it's the thing. same damn thing. And you know how my, my mind works. So I'm looking at it from this aspect. Before you put yourself out there, make sure your paperwork is on point. Facts. Trademarks, copyright, all that stuff. It's essentially intellectual property. So best believe before you saw this, the shield with the with the eagle and the stars and the, and the fig leaves and our, all trademarked. So... Get your paperwork in order before you put yourself out there because if you plan on building your brand to be a success, best believe the leeches and, and, and opportunists, and the opportuni they're going to be out there trying to jump on your shit and make money off of the sweat off your back. And we just helped another friend of ours as well too, somebody that we do work with who was about to jump into a big deal yeah. where they were going to get themselves uh, associated with another big brand. And, you know, there was, like, going to be some type of buyout going on. And this individual 
when we were talking, I had asked him, I said, man, so you're good with your paperwork, your, your trademark and everything? He was like, I had to have that. And mm. I'm sitting there going, brother, that's scary. If you're gonna get into bed, so to say, the, the term, use that term with yeah. somebody, like, yo, your paperwork has to be crazy, shit. ironclad tight. Yeah. You gotta be, you know, you gotta have a shit. And he point. panicked and started making phone calls and trying to figure it out. And eventually he ended up getting it done before the deal got done. And we had a friend, Ryan, that she actually, you know, that person actually lost their their whole branding because they never trademarked it and somebody took it and ran with it and yeah. ran with it five times better. So Yeah, I remember you told me about that. I know it looks scary on the onset guys and it's money, don't but that's what I was getting at. Of, like you're gonna look at those nuggets up front and you're gonna be like, Oh shit, to get a company started I gotta spend this and oh I need a comes, lawyer. That comes back to it's gonna cut and then, oh I gotta get trademarked. It's, listen, an, it's an investment. It's an, yeah, exactly. And listen, most of the people that you can get involved with to create these businesses, they are businessmen themselves and women. So not every lawyer or not every uh, uh, a trademark specialist, they're going to hit you in the head for that lump sum right away. You know what I mean? There might be an opportunity where they might be able to work deals out with you too. So you don't, you're never going to know unless you ask and you are forthright with, you know, what, what your, your your long-term goal is. I, I work with my clients all the time. I, I take Speaking payment from plans. It, there you go. <laughs> I take payment plans. And listen, not to talk too much about us, but we've also had opportunities to do that with all of our other ventures when we've spoken to other people. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, everyone is a business person at the end of the day. So don't be scared of seeing that number because like Malik was just trying to say before, that number is very mundane or very minute compared to the loss that you can feel or you can nice. really endure by not getting this done correctly. Real talk, real talk. And speaking about getting stuff done correctly, <laughs> let's get into our third topic, the impeachment of number 45. So, they have to do this even though they won't. I was watching it before, you know, I left here. It's getting started, but again, whether it's going to happen or not, I, I, I highly doubt. Now, you know what the reason for him getting impeached, like what it really boils down to? Uh, right. Aside from him not being able to rerun, yeah, he loses all his benefits. Yeah, yeah. Social, uh, he, yeah. he loses all his pension. He yeah. loses the travel stipend that yeah. those guys get like a yeah. million dollars a year. His, his secret service protection. His secret yeah. service protection yeah. is gone. But, I mean, but here, here's my question. In the words of Smokey, you gotta be a stupid motherfucker to get fired on your day off. <laughs> How you not president no more and yeah, still getting in peace? I know, bro. <laughs> like, it's fucking cr- so. It shows how bad it was. Exactly. Exactly. Well, like, the they thing, know it, he was that, a, that he capital lost. thing did it though. That pushed a lot oh, yeah, of the guys on yeah, his yeah, side, yeah, yeah. where they were like, you know what? I boarded with you a little bit because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I don't agree wholeheartedly with you, but there's some stances that support my. But this crossed the line. The only only reason I think it possibly can happen is because the fear of of the Republicans thinking that he can go he's going to go off and start his own his his own party that will freaking destroy the Republicans so i i can see again obviously we they are going to need their votes in order to get him out but at that fear cuz he already started talking about it, he wants to start um make america again party like he's he's hitting oh, like, it. like a maga party yeah maga party and he's he's talking about it already and you know what? They're, they're scared. They're scared to death right now. It was the Tea Party, so yeah. I mean, it's not. They're scared to death right now. Listen, if he does that, yeah. that'll ruin all you the need Republicans. Is a certain number, and I think it's it's. He has it. He. Has, I mean, look at all the votes he has. Well, like yeah. you said, though, he it will it. tear apart. It will tear apart the, the Republican, Republican Party. Party. So now, the only thing that he could do is find an equal candidate, and the problem is they don't have one. They that's don't have, why they he don't was the one that ended up winning. And that's why I think that's the only way that I think they'll. they'll and he destroyed all the other ones. You, that know, had you know what's crazy? What he can end up potentially doing, which would be great for you know, the more progressive. Let me see where you're going things. with this. Do you remember Ralph Nader? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. He, because he was an independent, but a liberal independent for the most part, split the liberal vote. So that made the Democrats weaker and the Republicans thereby stronger. If Trump does this, he essentially is the Ralph Nader of the yeah, he will. conservatives. And, and he would tear up, and they, that's what Malik is alluding to. Yeah, he, if, he, if they allow him to do that, then that's a, ver- a, a, a reality that can and possibly will happen. Yep. Yep. Because again, your real talk, like I've seen enough of these candidates the last eight years, especially for that party. It's the same people that come up. They're, he embarrassed every single one of them. <laughs> On top of them already embarrassing themselves. The guys like Ted Cruz and Jeb Bush and Yo, I I, I actually felt sorry for Jeb Bush. For Jeb Bush. He was during like, the Republican. He basically National was like, Convention. yo, you're soft, dude. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> yo, he straight Throw some balls. He sunned <laughs> him. He New Yorked him. Yeah, yeah, yo, he did. He definitely, definitely did. He got New York on him. He did, like real gully, real he fast. Did. He did. And, and the thing of it is, during the whole uh the, the initial um not debates, but the uh, the initial um uh, the Republican uh, National Convention. So Jeb Bush is up there looking at Trump like, what are you doing? Yeah, his face was twisted. This is politics. You can't talk like that. And we, York. It, what, what, the, but the thing is, Trump's not a politician. <laughs> He's a hoodlum, bro. So He's a thug. He's a thug. That's exactly all, all of these norms and this, this decorum that is expected of the people that are up there on that podium, Trump's like... Fuck about any of that, because mm-hmm. like, because he doesn't have a a, a a constituency, he doesn't have a base. Nope. Yeah. So it's like, all right, so if I lose, I don't give a fuck. I'll go back to business. Yep. Yeah. Every other person on that that platform on that on that podium, for the most part, were lifelong politicians, and they're like, I can't embarrass myself because if I lose, I still have to go back to being senator. I still have to go back yeah. to be yeah. a, a representative. I still have to go back to be governor. So I have to have a certain al- amount of. Um, professionalism acting you know before I say something crazy Trump on the other hand is coming from a standpoint of I don't give a fuck and that's how Biden got him because Biden actually stepped out of his comfort zone because you know Biden's kind of thugged out himself he was like yo this dude is a clown. Remember when you said yeah. that in the debate? Like, none of those other the Republicans would have did that. No, they would have, but yo, real talk. <laughs> like, this that was clown. the funniest <laughs> and most embarrassing time I felt ever being yeah, an, was, an American. It was yeah, the funniest that, that, that and was, saddest that was at the same hard. time. Yeah, like, other countries are looking at us like, look at these clowns. You fucking people have finally... And actually, probably most of those countries are like, good for you. It finally yeah. caught up to you. Exactly. Yeah, man. Because we would hold ourselves out to be better than everybody. Yeah. And once again, they're laughing again, at us. They're laughing this, this at us. This is not a, a shit on America. No, it's no not. Podcast. No, because listen, this, co- this country is very good. There's a lot of it's, it's great amazing. things and opportunities. But once here. again, we can't make it better unless we address our shortcomings. Well, how do they teach you, right? Like when you have a bad marriage or a bad whatever, you have to go to like therapy and sessions to try to address the we're, root problem. We're in therapy right now. Find, and, you know, exactly. Find the problem. Yeah. Have conversations about it. And root it out. Yeah, and root it out. Because listen, you're, we're just different. We've all come from different walks of life. And when you go on a scale of, you know, talking about the country as a whole, there's so many different people that grew up in so many different neighborhoods. Yeah. Everyone's story is different. And that's what yeah. makes this that's what makes this country great. It's yes, it really does. The, the diversity. diversity. Yeah. Yeah. No real talk. When so, we are diverse, it is. Yes. Because last four years wasn't diverse. 
Well, the country was still diverse. What wasn't diverse was the rhetoric that was being spewed from the White House. It was geared towards a very specific set of people who were the backbone of what made the country, and that was the straight, white, Christian male. So, and not that there's a problem with being a straight, white, Christian male, but the problem is, is that the way the country is going, it's not all about that particular demographic anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what's frankly scaring them. So, And just real quick, what I meant by diversity is that right now we spoke a few minutes ago on the different panel members, the cabinet members, the defense secretary. You're seeing diversity where people hold positions of power. I guess what I meant to say was, I should have clarified that, was these last four years, those individuals that we saw, those people that were part of his staff, per se, minus the token and the doctor. Dr. Ben, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep, basically. (laughs) I mean, you know, you saw no diversity. You felt no diversity. And you, it was very... One track, yeah. and it, it was what it was. What you saw is what you got. Yeah, make America great again, which was like Leek said earlier, code. So, the conviction has not happened as of yet. We don't know if it is going to happen, but as we sit here... It has to go to the Senate now, yeah, right? Yeah. It's already passed. Oh, so, so he's, not, technically, he's impeached already. So when he's it impeached comes, already. He just has to be convicted. So, not to cut you off, before yeah. I left, again, I was watching it, um, the whole impeachment process. A new yeah. report came out where they have proof. New York Times said that... This dude, yo, he's so gangster. He literally was calling people in the DOJ and was telling them the whole thing that was going on with Georgia. Like, all right, I need you guys to like literally go in here and make make this make this happen. Like, turn these votes over so that I so that um, the Republicans win. And what happened was is that he was specifically going at Bill Barr and telling him to do it, and that's why Bill Barr resigned. Really? Yes. Okay. I didn't- Dude, he is it's, gangster. No, it's, but it's, it's not, like he wasn't even trying to do it private. Like he was letting everyone know what he was doing. Obviously, but, with the phone call, that was proof. But so it, I, it's, got, it's gotten deeper now. I, I think I said this in State of the Union part two, part one. Excuse me. Um, when you have somebody that doesn't, that's not from politics, and on top of that, doesn't understand politics, he comes at it from a position of, I ran my own business for years. I am the first word and the last word. So whatever I say goes. Yeah. Yep. There's no checks and balances. Yeah. So I don't think he understood, even though he was. Well, I think he, he did. I just think he, just he didn't disrespected it. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, well, he didn't yeah. care about that. Like so, you said, some of these people were lifelong politicians. Yeah. yeah. Like their, their grandfather was either you know someone who fought in a war, and they felt like their you know their brother. Everyone got involved in politics. Some of these people hold these positions for forty. They have. A certain respect for, or, or um, what's the a better appreciation? Word? There is an appreciation, yeah. or res- there, there is a, there is a baseline, though. Yeah, like you and I can go at each other, but there has to be a line that is kind of drawn. No line for him. There is no line because at the end of the day, he didn't care. And like you said, Conway, my word is the word. At the end of the day, yeah. and I don't give a fuck about the way it's supposed to go. Like I'm the president, I say do this, you just do it. You don't question me. You don't say why. You don't say we can't. It's just go. Oh, of course we can't. I said it. I'm the president, and and that's why I, I, I agree with you in terms of like him. It, it, it's it's less of a lack of understanding, more of a I just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But even in that, I don't give a fuck. I I seriously think he thought as long as I'm like okay, yeah, I know that's how it it used to be done. But if I say it, 
then it's now changed. Yeah. So regardless of how it used to be done, now it's I this it. because I'm saying it, and I'm the president. I'm the boss. Everybody has to listen to me. I think. I think he also just thought. I mean, I don't mean, I mean to keep making this like a racial thing, but I think he just figured I'm tr- like you're saying, kind of alluding to what you're saying. Like I'm Trump, but at the same time, don't you guys want me still here? Like, like this is what I yeah. need to stay in office. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's let's make this happen. You know what I but, mean? But here's the th- here's the thing. Though. <laughs> I'm Trump. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Everybody loves me. I think he, like, don't get me wrong. The politicians are doing what he was trying to do. They just do it in a more behind-the-scenes, strategic way. He just was so sloppy with it. They just were like, dude, no. Well, remember, in their eyes, he was sloppy with it. But in his eyes, he saw an opportunity where an entertainer, can gravitate and take hold of a country because he controlled the population. Mm. And he was like, you guys are doing this shit wrong. I mean, literally, the guy had TV contracts. Yeah. I know we've had former people, you know, the Reagan, Ronald you Reagan. know, was yeah. an actor and stuff. And you had Schwarzenegger over as a governor. And yeah. Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Bonnie Ventura, yeah, yeah. governor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, this guy took it to a whole nother level. He slid in, he acted like an entertainer. Yeah. He acted like a celebrity. That he did. He really did. Yeah. I've never seen so many people fired. Fired. Like, yo. He took his show to the White House. (laughs) And I promise you, there must be a report somewhere where he said that line to someone. Oh, he definitely did. Fired. As if, like, cameras were rolling and they were going to. It was like the season finale. Yeah. Like, episode, like, (laughs) season seven. Like, you're fired. He definitely did. did. You guys get that? We need to do another take. Are we, are we good? He definitely did it. Is my camera angle on point? Yeah. yeah How's my hair look? <laughs> <laughs> now you know what's funny, man. Where he won, won some people over, and it always goes back to the whole red blue thing. We can talk about our opinions and how we feel about forty five. Yeah. Right? And and a lot of the things he did was honestly just not morally correct. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that are done bad on both sides. And that's something that also has to be spoken about as well, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, um, are, am I ecstatic that George Biden and uh, Joe Biden is the, the, the president? I mean, he's got some blemishes on his record as well. He, he, he definitely does. But at the end of the day... You got to pick your poison. It yeah. was about this particular presidency had so much divisiveness so much hate so much potential danger for not just us as a country but we lost a lot of respect from other countries and yeah I I get his whole platform was America first or whatever but the reality of it is it's a global community no it is we all have to work together well now we pull everybody out of the WHO yeah exactly so and, and, and the, the, the Paris, um, the Paris Treaty, the Treaty, exactly. So Biden got you know is getting us back in that, and yep. the WHO. So at the end of the day, we need each other. And what he was doing was saying, "Fuck everybody else, we're running this thing." And I don't think, not me, but I I know he didn't understand global politics. So regardless yeah. of how, what you want to say about Biden, it's not really about no. He's so great. It was just about the danger of having 45 in for another term or what that would have meant for our country so i have a question real quick um because when they first the, the, when the rumblings of impeachment first started 
I thought it was just like not a joke, but I thought it was just like okay, they're not really gonna go forward with this. Like the dude only has like a week left. And then my probably my favorite person in Congress right now, Ilhan Omar. Okay. Um, out of uh, Minnesota. For those that don't know, um, she is not American-born. Groundbreaking. She's, Groundbreaking. Um, from Somalia, East Africa, uh, initially. Um, I just love her fire, her her strength, her intellect. tenacity, her intellect, everything about her. And, and on top of, and and this is like the the lowest of the um, on on the on the list of her attributes. I think extremely physically beautiful, but. Her intellect, her tenacity, her strength, her courageousness, everything. She was the first one I saw on social media talk about this impeachment. And and the first thing I thought was, sister, I feel you. I love you, your spirit. But the dude is out of here. Like, let's not focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then it started gaining ground. Yeah. So then, and then he actually got impeached. So then my, my question to you guys is, do you think it's a waste of time? No. No, not at all. Why? For, for the reasons you know Ryan talked about earlier, he can't give this this dude the opportunity to run again because if he runs again, he can possibly win again. I mean, the dude, how many? He had millions of votes. If yes, he didn't. You know, the swings, the swing states is the only reason he didn't get reelected. Yeah. Now, what happens now with? All right. So I was going to touch on this. I'm going to kind of intertwine this. Obviously. The way we're speaking, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, you're figuring we lean a certain way. But I think that's the problem with this country is that we make it so much red and blue. And when it came to Trump, it came down to just morals. And I think we need to stop making it about red and blue all the time and just what's right. So, yes, he was bad. But let's say, again, those Republicans who voted blue, they see four years of Biden, obviously, for the most part, when Republicans, they don't, again, they're Republicans. They go by their Republican, you know, standards and what they believe in. And now Biden starts doing everything the opposite of what Trump was doing. They might, that, their mind frame might go back to, oh, see, see this is, no, this is, we can't have this. We can't have this. It's not might. It does. Yeah. And it is. Yeah, because now you're letting time go by and now you're, they're seeing Thank you, the, the, the Democrats in office and now they're putting all the Democratic you know issues and and ideals. And, and, and ideals in it, and now they go. You know what? Oh, Trump's coming back. Maybe he learned his lesson. I'm gonna vote for Trump again. So, like that can happen, dude. Yeah, it, it can, can happen, yeah. and that, that's yeah. why I say you so, know. So the biggest test is to what I would consider if Biden does go all four years, if he lives up to his testimony of being the president for the country, and is able to work in bipartisan group. And make more change together, then I would believe that he will have any chance to win against anybody. But he will be 84 years old or something like that. I don't see that happening. But as far as pulling the country together, that's what his presidency right now is going to be gauged on. If he can keep that word. So I guess the, the initial question about is it worth it? And yeah, I didn't have a time to. I didn't have a chance to jump in on. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. So, but I want to just further just expound upon the question. Two thirds of the Senate is needed to convict. That's why I'm more saying, is it worth it, is, or is it a waste of time? Because do we think it is even possible to get that? And if not, then why are we doing it? Once again, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, no, no, right no, no. Now. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So, and and. To answer that really, to be honest with you, 
if there's ever a time to do it, it would honestly be right now. Mm. I think the Dems own the Senate as well, too. Not two thirds, but yeah. No, but they, they own, have the majority. They have the majority. Yeah. And now you had we were talking a little while ago about the Capitol. You can't yes. tell me that ten to fifteen other senators that, like I said before, I was borderline with you because you also stood up for some of the stuff that I ride with. But, but now I got people coming in here trying to kill us. Yeah. Like, and this is because of your word. Yeah. I don't know if I could really rock with you like this. Like, you really did some damage here. And put my physical safety. Yeah, like risk. this person. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, Mr. Senator or Mrs. Senator. Yeah. Like I'm fucked. I almost died because of you. So if there's ever going to be a time for a swing opportunity for it to happen, it would be now. So I agree. I, I, I do. But I, that wasn't to the point, though. I still wanted to allude. Yeah, I was no, answering the question. Go for it. Anyway, it needs to be done. It's the same way when you have to reprimand a child, regardless of whether you're going to get the outcome you want. It has to still be brought upon, uh, brought upon for everyone to see, everyone to know, and you make, you try to make uh, uh, an example out of this individual. So by them going to the extent of doing it, it just shows that it, there's a bigger spotlight on it, and people are not going to tolerate this even at their level. So I think yes, you do need to do it. And he's gone he, for everything that he's done. He deserves to have this happen. So it's, you know, a kind I, of way that everyone could spank him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I do agree. I do agree with that. Um, Malik spoke about morals before. And, and, and the morally correct or morally right thing to do. Regardless of what the outcome is. Because he's going to be, I think, one of the last presidents that just doesn't give a fuck about his... Um, Legacy. Legacy. Anybody coming um, after him, I think will. So it's like, okay, do I want to, like, he's the first president in the history of the country to get impeached twice in one term. That's insane. It says a lot, man. Like, that really says a lot. I can still possibly win again. That's what's scary. <clears throat> that yeah. also says yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It says, it says a lot about the country. It says more about us than anything. Yeah. And, and speaking about us, let's get into our, our last topic, which is moving forward as a country. Like I said in the intro, Ding Dong, the wig is dead. It's over. It's a wrap. For now, at least. We don't know if this impeachment's going to you know, go forward with a conviction, so we don't know if he can run again. But as far as right now, Joe Biden, Madam Vice President Harris, is are in charge right now it's their um show to run yeah yeah exactly exactly so the reality of it is though 74 million people voted for trump that's a lot of people yeah i mean you know so and i'm not saying all of them were diehard trump fans some of them are just like you know what i don't care it's almost a quarter of the country yeah all of them are legal but that's another story wait what so, I've I've read about this also possibly is why he was fighting so hard to try to, to and why he kept pushing this this whole rhetoric that he was cheated. Think about this. You think it's possible that he was doing illegal stuff? And obviously, because you know, again, not to make this red and blue, but you know, Republicans have tried to suppress 
votes for for years. Oh yeah, that's and I don't think that's who's, who's, <laughs> who's to say that he was doing that and all these different and states still lost and still and lost he, and was so like, he, wait, no, so no, he knows, no, there, there was cheating. Wait a minute, there's no way I, I was lost. cheating because I, I was cheating. cheating. <laughs> How did I lose? <laughs> I think get about that. it. Think that's about funny. it. <laughs> Come on, if yeah. you look what he tried to do in Georgia, you don't think he tried to do that in other states? Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, I, I mean, that's just yeah. that's something to think about. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It just, my, my, I guess, my point is, is that Joe Biden's now in office. That's 74 million people that didn't vote for him. They're gonna go through four years of that's not my president, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. How do we address those people? How do we bring them into the fold? How do we bring them? And, and, and don't get me wrong. Not all 74 million people are like, like Trump. Yeah, Trump crazy. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you know what? I'd just rather vote for the Republican yeah, candidate. For because, yeah. again, they stand for certain ideologies. Yeah. Exactly. You know, exactly. Some of the themes that the Republicans exactly. stand for. But at the end of the day, there's still a lot of Trump people. There are. Facts. It's the reality Facts. of the situation. So how do we now say, okay... Yes, we had those crazy-ass four years. Let's kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. Let's get back to a little bit of... Um, stability. Stability, exactly. How do we embrace those people? Do Number one, do we embrace those people? And number two, if we are, how are we moving forward? I mean, I'll just say something real quick, Lee, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. you, you can't fight hate with hate. You know, and I know that's an old... Saying but it's a fact If we act like them Then we get nowhere uh, How we start off Is You had mentioned The 74, pe- 74 million people That voted for Trump Yeah We start off with The largest number Of popular vote Ever in the history And you take those 84, 85 million That did vote for Biden And for change More than anything Because I think The people that voted For Biden I It wasn't so much Of throwing this the flowers and the the the, the tea tree the tree the tea leaves at him and and you know waving the the great you know the the the, the fans for him when he comes through on a parade yeah it was more about change like you had said this guy had led us down a path for the last four years of this turmoil and and instability and you don't know what was going to happen next from any region any country anything we have to start off with those people who want the change and we have to hopefully some of the stuff that they want to start interacting into uh, fruition what are these some of these initiative plans that they have to try to get more grassroots programs growing and you know you have to start attacking with love you can't attack with hate and the love I'm not necessarily going out running around and want to grab a truck full of guys that got a big confederate flag about saying you know you're my brother yeah, yeah. but at the same time it has to start with a conversation something has to give and I think you have to combat that with Social change, making change, having people coming in and making the progress be what the country needs, not what an individual needs. And listen, there's, again, red and blue, there's goods and bads to both. I, I don't like how they subdue people uh, on the blue side, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, they keep you, uh, the Democrats, for, you know, for the most part, they like keeping people at bay when you're needed to be on the system. They don't let you really grow from there. I mean... I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think there's a, a comfort level with Democrats that they think they automatically have the they have our the vote. vote of color, yeah. and they're like, we, we don't have to do shit for you because 
the Republicans are so outwardly racist that you guys will just vote for us anyway. So exactly. We don't, to, we don't have to really help you. We can just count on your vote and not do shit for you. Yeah. So yeah, make it I, look like we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we so can talk talk a good game. We but. do, and then again, there's and then there's great things that you know the Republicans do as well. You know, listen, we're business owners. There's a lot of policies that do support business owners in this country. Yeah, and most of those processes came to fruition because of the Republican Party. Yeah, and most of those people that supported Trump are business business owners of of predominantly white folk that have just been either in a family business for 80 years and they're the third generation and you know they were the backbone of building this country they want to keep things running the way it ran and it only ran that way because of certain practices that allowed them to get there and to maintain that and every time a blue situation comes into play or 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 is is the, the the ripple in their effect you know uh it throws off how things get done because mm-hmm. you know new programs come in, so they cut off some money. Tax yeah. funding doesn't go this way. It's they, a whole lot of great things. Uh, minimum wage, shit exactly, like that. Like, yeah. Exactly what happened. Here. I talk about here in Jersey when when Murphy did that. I watched the threads because you know, obviously we're business owners. We're in Jersey. We're always a part of the news and making sure we stay up to date with everything. And I was watching the threads where Murphy did pass you know a, a raise increase for minimum wage, and a lot of people were. In an uproar over that And I get it from An onset When you see it Like once you see it And you think about All these businesses That have been suffering From the COVID pandemic Barely making money They can't open up They're not doing anything And now you're saying I gotta pay my workers more Like what the hell are you doing We're barely keeping the doors open But at the same time Those individuals That are working for you Are also going through something and it just shows you where one party decides to lay more on morals, like you were saying before, Malik, on the betterment of people. Mm-hmm. And one side tends to side with more of building a bigger or a stronger structure for these businesses, yeah. these industries in America instead of the people. So I'm going to piggyback off what you said. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to take a little more granular. It's going to st- I think it's going to start and end with these rep these rep, specifically these republican representatives and senate uh republicans hopefully biden starts implementing like you just talked about some the of these bipartisan agreements the bipartisan agreements and then they start just instead of just saying no because it's coming from a democrat i don't want to listen to it just listen if it's something that benefits your party go along with it vote with it vote vote for it but the, the sad part is that's how divisive government has become yes and that that, that, that has to change no, it, but, but that's not on the liberal side yeah if like do you know how many times there was a situation during the Obama administration where Republicans would say well we want X Y and Z and then Obama was like okay I'm for X Y and Z and they were like X Y and Z Fuck that. We want A, B, and C. It's like, yeah. You yeah. just said we want exactly. X, Y, and Z. You're and I agreed with you, and that now has, you want more. It, that has to stop. No, not even just more. We want something different yeah. because now you're saying it. Well, yeah. Because yeah, it was never it about X, Y, and Z. It's because we were hoping that you went against it. Exactly. And since you went with it, then it becomes your idea, your plan. Exactly. And we can't embrace it. Stop, and it has, to, it has to come from our base. But it what, won't stop because the same individuals that were there for Obama, I would tell you probably about... 89% of them are still here right now. Yeah. Once again, term limits. It's the term limits, man. And until you change that system. And listen, I've spoken to both red and blue people. I've had many of <laughs> controversial uh, arguments with family and friends on my personal uh, Facebook page. And you, you could see, man, that at the end of the day, they do always boil down the conversation to 
things got to change down in the Senate. Because on both sides of the fence, whether you're looking at the Pelosi's and the Schumer's, you could also look on the other side at the Grams and the other guys and, and McConnell's. McConnell, yeah. And it's the same thing. But the problem is that these individuals are older than almost everybody we know in our life. And that's why the Ilhan Omars of Congress, the AOCs, the Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, Jeffries, yeah. That's so. Look, a lot of people will say the word, "Oh, this is never going to change." And it never is a very long time. I try to look at things as far as the bigger picture. With respect to what's happening in Congress and all these old people we're talking about, the benefit of them being old, they're about to check out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying the reality of life is: the older you get, the closer to death you're. Gonna be. I mean, it's just what it is. It just it is what it is. Ilhan Omar, I don't think is older than. She's not even. I don't think she's even forty yet. No, she's not. She's, she's, not. Not. she's not. Yeah, and yeah. that goes to something that can actually answer the main question you had started with: How do we change? It's going to have to be a, a a point in time where individuals that are of younger. And diverse backgrounds on both parties, but that's what the that's what the Republicans are scared about. They don't want that. Well, it's going to happen <laughs> at some point in time, that's, even that's when the fear. But like Conway just said, these individuals. I mean, listen, old man time don't lose. Yeah, undefeated. He is undefeated. You ask any superstar that's ever played any game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll so catch up to you. at some point in time, like Conway said, these individuals are going to come to a point where they cannot. And will not because you know, they pass away or they're just incapacitated to be able to handle their position. There's going to be a change, but the problem is if there's not an influx of young people on the uprise coming up to help take those seats as young from, senators from both sides. From both sides, yeah. yeah. I mean, that clear. Right? It has to be both sides because listen, there's got to be young Republicans. I've seen I, a few. I, I haven't. I haven't. I've seen a few, but they're few, far in between I because haven't. they come from those states that are yeah. not very prominent. Yeah, and they got to stick with. The- they have to stay yep. You know what I mean I just wanted to touch on it And then we can wrap it up here But this is something I feel like I have to talk about We Again With Biden being in, in In the seat now And You know We talked about Him having a diverse cabinet I talked about how Hopefully he's I'm I believe And I, I'm Hoping that he's gonna listen To his people That's around him We have to hold His feet to the fire When it comes to Social justice because this has happened before where even, listen, let's keep it 100. Even when Obama was in office, I know he tried to do things and, you know, people, they held him back. But we got to hold their feet to the fire, man. Like, what are you doing to, to, to uplift our people and to, and to get to the point where we, have, we, have, we feel like we have rights and we're as, as equal as everyone else? We just can't think just because, all right, Biden's in office, everything's going to... I'm speaking specifically for our people. We can't just think... Now it's just going to turn and everything is, oh, now they're about us and everything. No, we have to hold their feet to the fire, dude, because who's to say this shit just doesn't go right back? Because they can grandstand and do all this stuff. Oh, yeah, we're for social justice. Look, we hired this black person and this this black, you know, this female. And that doesn't mean anything until more things are done. And there's a Malcolm X quote that I, I, I like and I've seen recently. The, the white man will try to satisfy us with symbolic victories rather than economic equity and real justice. Super duper max. I love that quote because this was how long ago when he said that? And he knew. He knew. 50 years? Yes. And he yeah, saw that back old. then. So, and that still goes to, to today. So we just can't get happy just because, all right, Trump is out. 
all right, now we're going to get our rights and they're, they're going to treat us as equals. That don't mean nothing. It's like when Clinton got in office. Clinton was playing saxophone on a senior hall. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he had a... He had, he had some game, you know what I'm saying? He, he did. He had that yeah. slick talk. And what did he do? He highest imprisonment rate of, of, of exactly. African-American. Exactly. exactly. Because you got swindled by this shuck and jive, which yeah. goes to marketing and branding at the end of the day. <laughs> so, uh, so on point. Way uh, to bring it back. Yeah, and I will just I will want to touch on one thing that Malik did say, though. Um, to make that change, though, Malik, the problem that I see with a lot of our people is the only time they turn on a TV to get involved with stuff is when... It's the vote time. Mm -hmm. And they're only voting on the higher levels and these levels that you see on TV with the Trumps and Biden. The problem is it's the local levels that win and that's what gets the right people with the right voice in the right seat. And we don't pay attention. We don't and they do and that's our fault. And there's no one to blame at the end of the day but us. We know how to damn sure back in the day show up for a line of Jordans. We would show up for album releases. We would show up for clubs and venues and all that. Why don't you show up at your local ballot when it's somebody that is speaking for you, repping you? Sadly, because it's not sexy. You're 100% right, but it, it was it's, it's taught. Not. But it wasn't taught to us to be sexy, but it was taught to them because they know where the power structure lies. Because they understand. Like, look, and, and, and not to, look, this goes to the... Severely inept public school systems. Facts. We talk about the president. But don't, doesn't that look like it's done on purpose, though? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Every four pipeline years, or whatever. System. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So every four years, you have the president, whatever. But they don't talk about the House of Representatives. They don't talk about the Senate seats and everything. Mm-hmm. It like we don't focus on that. Shit, your local mm. jurisdiction, your board of education in your local we, town. We, we, we don't. You don't no one even puts those people mm, to the fire. So because, what makes you think they're going to ha- hold a president to it? Because going back to the last episode with, with the conspiracy mm. theory thing, a lot of us, unfortunately, mm. um, when it comes down mm. to education on local government, a lot of us just think like, okay, well, you know what? That's not for us. Like, they're not about us. Like, so, uh, a matter of fact, I remember, and, and, and not to you know, single anybody out or whatever, but so I, I'm not going to mention the rap group, but Lee, we're, we're, I'll just say we're very familiar with this rap okay. group. It's a, it's a, it's a trio. Um, they were on, um, I, don't, I don't remember if it was Power 105 or Hot 97. And 105. They were talking about voting, and the larger individual in the group was saying, like, oh, of course, you know, we got to vote or whatever. And the shortest individual of this trio was like nah fuck that yo like they don't do shit for us like why should we vote and the larger individual was like oh no we can't be talking reckless like this on the radio and he's like nah man we like we, we we don't like they don't do shit for us so why fucking vote and i'm not gonna front for a large part of my youth i was of the that same, was the mind frame yeah i get it but but here's the thing though i don't i i it's it's a it's a hybrid of the two I honestly don't think that they give a fuck about us. They but don't. They don't. They don't. But mm. politicians are whores. And I mean that not in a direct way in terms of like they're out on the fucking corner mm. selling their ass. I'm talking about like just in terms of they'll do anything for votes. Mm-hmm. So if our contingent, if the if the black voting bloc just said, you know what, we're going to make sure we show up to the polls on local issues. They're going to do whatever the fuck 
they need to do to get our vote. So it's not so much about them caring about us. They don't. They're not. They're just not. But, but best believe if we showed up in droves. That's, that's exactly what I was leading to. They're, with that. They're but, but even to on do. the local level, like, listen, if you want to go on a grand scale of things, we're just talking about the, the, the pitfalls of local education, especially in the public school system. If you had a contingent of people that were in a city or borough or town, they really got behind somebody and held them to their word. Now you start to see an uptick and change in that school district. And now these individuals are learning better, learning more, better opportunities, which leads to children that have a higher intellect intellect rate. And more opportunity. More opportunity will fall for them, absolutely. So when you don't think it's important to go for your local board of ed or your local freaking town representative, your, your, your whatever it is, you are so wrong and you are doing a disservice to your direct community. Facts, at the end of the day, some of the stuff that happens on Capitol Hill won't trickle down to you for some time because by the time that shit rolls downhill, it's gonna take a while. But you bypassing that individual that's running for whether it's uh, the president of or, or, or the, um, the of the pre- or the president of the school board or or you know your superintendent, if you don't get the right person in, you set yourself back because yep. you set your children back. You, you gotta look at the bigger picture. Sh- shameless plug. We've done this. If you've come by here and smoking ash, especially in the summertime, we've had billboards of people who are running for head of education exactly. and local politics. We've done that. So again, I had to throw that shame spot. We're not just talking talking out of ass right now. No, no. We 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 show and prove. Definitely, definitely. So let's wrap this uh this particular topic up. And um once again, we have another segment for y'all. But before we get into our last segment, I just gotta say. The cigar that I, I smoked today, once again, not a big gauge dude, but it went so perfect with the rum. With it. Did, we, did we actually love, shout out the name of the rum? Yeah, Malik mentioned yeah, 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 it. I mentioned it. Nativo. Okay, okay. So I, I now, this me. is one of those chicken and the egg things. Is it, you know, the chicken or the egg that came first? Is it really the cigar that paired well, or is it that this rum, rum. is so... Accentuated the whole that experience. It, it, it can almost... Blend in with almost anything. I, I was just about to say, I think I made a mistake of sipping too early because I don't like it. Just it's like peanut butter and jelly, right? Like you don't know which one is accentuating the other. Yeah, it's it just went so perfect with the rum that I I'm gonna have to now smoke the cigar again <laughs> just to see if it was water. the truth. Exactly. I got hold on. Yeah, with water, straight club soda. <laughs> exactly. Now, since you mentioned the second stick too, Conway, yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta throw in. Oh, you mentioned your your cigar again, yeah, right? Yeah. I say, I had uh, breezed through the first one, and I just want to tell you, I picked up another lost and found, the one night stand. I haven't had that yet. Oh Lord. Nice. Again, these lost and founds are hidden gems, and we have a large array of selection and opportunity at Smoke and Ashes, two hundred Wall Raven Drive, Teaneck, New Jersey. Zero seven triple six. Malik, what is that I, called? Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I'm definitely enjoying mine. Just to add on to what you guys are doing. This again, like like you said, Conway, this is going perfect. And I kind of knew that. I, I actually, I, I cheated a little. I went in to you know look at the some reviews of the cigar and you know saw you know 
what it was made of, the tasting. Some of the notes. The notes. This is going perfect. But now again, that's why I'm taking my have, time. You still, you see, I'm still on. So you guys have two time. cigars. I have I had my first one, the second. Mm-hmm. One. I can sit here and tell you that it matched perfectly with mine too, mm-hmm. which is why I threw out the, the question: Is it really the chicken mm-hmm. or the egg? It might. It might be. It, it might be the wrong. <laughs> Not taking any away from these cigars. I know yeah. the ones I smoke were phenomenal. You guys talk very highly about yours. As, as Jamie Foxx said, blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lee, we're going to start with you, brother. Okay. This is our segment of what you rocking with. What are you rocking with this week? So, this week, um, got real personal with this just because where we're going collectively as a company and if you've listened to other you know, uh, episodes, we talk about how we have other businesses outside of here. So I had to train myself because, again, you have to, you know, you have to, um, what's, what's, the, what's the saying? Uh, do what you preach or, you know. Practice what practice you preach. Practice what you preach. So I, I had to go back to getting in my books and reading. So this was a book I started right before, was it before COVID or before we even opened? It might have been right before we opened the lounge. I think I got through about three chapters. It's a very short book, but it's called Value Prop. Um, it's by Jose Palomino. So basically this book is, I'm speaking specifically for anybody out there who is trying to start their own business, specifically some type of product. So basically it teaches you how, um, it's for companies that are going to market with, like, with a specific product or service, and they're trying to target a specific market. So, um, the value prop. So, if you don't know, I've been in sales practically my whole adult life, close to 18 years. Uh, most of that was in banking, and then I'm currently I'm, I do insurance. So, this is something that I had to refresh myself with because um, I don't say I've been out of the business, but mentally I haven't been there. So, I had to refresh myself, and again, going back to it's all some, a journey, man. It's a journey, and yeah. just going back to some of the other ventures outside of here that we're doing. I said, you know what, let me start refreshing myself. And the value prop is, is a, it's a sales technique. So if anybody out there, if you want to look at, if you're in sales, or again, if you just have a product that you're, you're either already establishing, you're doing, or you're trying to you know, get together, get, get, get right and start getting ready to market, this is a really good book and it helps you how to market your product. Uh, again, Jose Palomino, I think it came out in about 2008. Basically, he's giving you practical ways to get your message across in like real life situations when you're trying to sell your product. Um, it's really good, he breaks it down to the point where, you know, even so just to kind of, you know, break down different sales techniques, there's something called storytelling techniques, is which is pretty much what I used for the most part when I was in banking. That's basically finding a story that can, can really, capture who you're speaking to and you're using stories that that um, can help the listener, help the person you're trying to sell to really understand your product. And you find stories that kind of intertwine with the product so that they really understand what you're trying to pitch to. Yeah, I get that. I think in season one, I had read a book called The Dot Com Series. I had mentioned something that they have created called the the sign the sign the sign um, Seinfeld series. Okay, it's the same idea. When you go to sell a product, you need to find a way to itemize yourself in a manner where you can directly connect to a person and have that person connect to you. Exactly. You get them in the loop. You keep them going. It's almost it's almost pyramid ish. Yeah, it can. It can. But just because it's the it's the it's it's called the funnel system. Yeah. If nobody knows about. 
uh, marketing. A funnel system is just, you know, you think of a funnel, how it starts with a wide, wide top and it narrows down. Yeah. So you want to be able to reach out and cast a wide net and try to absorb as many people as you can. And whatever trickles down mm -hmm. goes into your sales plan. That's how you start targeting them and sending different leads. And Because the people who are actually responding back, they actually have an inherent interest. Yes. So I definitely... I yeah, recommend. and there's different types of selling, like I said. I mean, there's storytelling. And then value prop is basically... It's Facts. It's very similar to, to the storytelling. Then there's uh, what's called transactional selling. So to use an example, car salesman... <laughs> They do transactional selling. Basically, it's just like a, a one-off. They're just telling you anything just to buy that product, just for you to buy that product, because they're not really worrying about you coming back at the end of the day. Like yeah, once yeah. They, once they get, coming back. Once they get that sale, that's it. You know what I mean? I might mean? see you in four years. If there's, there's another one called hard selling, which I used in the beginning of my career, which a lot of stockbrokers do. Mm. That's basically pressuring the hell out of you. <laughs> where it's just Pressure like, sales, buy, yeah. buy, buy. You know what I mean? So hey, Malik, haven't you had an experience with somebody like that recently here at SNA? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, definitely. So you know exactly what that is. You know exactly what that's called. <laughs> and that goes back to our mantra. You ain't, motherfucker, you ain't trying to, you ain't selling us anything. We're going to buy what we want to buy. Exactly. But anyway. There you go. Um, so it's a really good book. And again, for anybody out there who has, you know, if you don't have the sales background and you're a little nervous about your product and how to get it out there, definitely read this because... You know, you can have all the branding in the world like we talked about. You can have the position, everything could be set up correctly, the price could be correct, but you're still for you're still for short if basically your overall value proposition is not powerful to connect with your customer, with the your customer, customer base. You know what I mean? So this is definitely something I would say pick it up. Again, it's called value prop. Um, Again, if you have products out there, again, I know sometimes people have this great idea and this product, but they don't know how to get it out there and they don't know how to sell it. Execution. Read, read books like this. It'll definitely help. Uh, guys, uh, he said it at least four or five times. Uh, there's been numerous other shows where we have highlighted whether it was a yes. book go, go or a plan. To, Please, guys, season. we are not wasting our time yes. and just saying shit to you guys. No. We are really giving you guys a piece of some of the stuff that has helped us is yeah. currently helping us Definitely. or some stuff that we're looking forward to continue our growth and knowledge because at the end of the day we never know everything you always learn the day you stop learning should be the day that you die so again please don't waste the time spent listening to us if you go through our, our modules and listen to our seasons and so far like I said we're in season two yeah. when we drop a book name or, or, or an article or somebody makes a reference please guys check it out check it out you know what I mean we're not just sitting here blowing smoke out our ass literally yeah. okay I know we're smoking cigars but we're yeah. really saying some stuff to you and some of the stuff might go over your head in the beginning you might not be in a place mentally to take it but please you it'll have to start it'll, it'll resonate later. It will, and you have to yeah. start conditioning yourself at some point in time. So maybe it's a great opportunity. Malik said his book, he's just reading the, the value prop. It's a short read. It's very it's short. Not, it's not, a, it's it's not, not something that's yeah, demanding. Yeah. You know, uh, Conway has mentioned a numerous number of books. I know I have yeah. mentioned my fair share as well. Guys, try to take this knowledge. It's free knowledge. You're already paying Spotify, Apple, and everybody to listen to this podcast. We're not part of that, Okay. So we're saying this genuinely. We're not paid sponsors for any of the literature that we've used to help further our education and help us further our business acumen. We don't know Jose Palomino. No, we don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know him. I don't even, you know, so at the end of the day, if there's just a tool or a gem you can learn from it, please take the opportunity to just listen to what we're saying. So Rob, what you rocking with this week? So I went on a little bit of a lighter note and I kept it on to the 
the theme of our uh, notable mention with uh, uh, what, Madam, Madam Vice President. I'm sorry, not not the notable mention. Our billionaire block. Oh, okay, branding. We we're just talking about branding. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say that the champion for me of the week is Bernie Sanders. You did not just steal my motherfucking oh, So then we're going to have to tag team on this so, so you're not left out. Go back and forth. So listen, right, yeah. for me personally. Lock, lock style. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to go. We're going to. We're going to. Uh, back and go, forth. We're going to Jada. Kiss we're, Styles. We're going to Jada and Styles yeah, play yeah, this yeah. one real quick. So for me personally, Ghost man, Ray. man, my lord. The memes that were flying out with Bernie Sanders were Yo. amazing. It lightened up the tone Definitely. of everything that was going on in the world. But peep this and peep game. Bernie Sanders, because he's so, and again, you, the, the age doesn't really necessarily like, yeah, put yeah. a tag on a person. Yeah, yeah. So Bernie he's knew young he at became, heart. Yeah, he knew he became a meme, and yeah. it became something that was widespread. Yeah. So what Bernie did was take a set number of shirts and sweaters, yeah. put his logo on them, put the meme on there. Yeah. Put the really? meme on I didn't it. know that. Yeah, yeah. And then he sold it and then donated everything to charity. Yep. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I don't want to say it was specifically to. Um, was it COVID victims? COVID and victims. Like, and their families yes, or whatever? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in, in the light of everything that was going on yeah. and the turmoil, to, to laugh cool. at cool the Bernie well. Sanders yeah. uh, uh, memes. What, what was your favorite one? Bro. Um, I know mine. I don't know. There's too many to choose from. Honestly, um, the NWA one was funny as shit to me. That was a good one. I haven't seen that one. Um, Dorothy in Kansas was funny. I haven't seen that one. Dude, they had the picture of Dorothy mm. sitting like on the bed looking out the window when the house was flying. And yeah, yeah. Instead of the witch, it was him like, in the chair. <laughs> mine, um, mine, mine was the um, the Monica cover where she's sitting on the curb. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. That was that, a good one. That was, That's funny. That was very creative. I mean, you had The Sopranos, The Last Supper. I mean, there's a lot of them. What was yours? Mine was the Janet Jackson one. Well, he's holding her from behind. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. The I am album. Yeah. 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 That was fucking yeah. hilarious, yeah. man. Yeah, but the memes were just insane. Yeah. Very creative. Yeah, and very. I mean, anywhere that I think I could have possibly seen Bernie Sanders, I think I've seen him. Mm. I saw one where um, Michael Jordan's jumping from the free throw line, and Bernie Sanders is sitting in <laughs> the, the chair oh, with my. Mike jumping over oh, him. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yo, there are so many of them. But again, somebody like forty-five would have taken. A whole different stance with something like that. And you have a guy like Bernie and said, you know what? I'm gonna turn this opportunity, this 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 thing into an opportunity to make change and help. Guaranteed 45 would have sued Instagram. What Try I to doubt. get it removed. Fake guarantee. Take it down. So, Slander. So. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So because we had that one in common, I'm, I'm not even gonna like like I said, my favorite one was was the Janet one. Bernie, um the memes that were flying, like you said, they were so creative. Um, but big ups to Bernie Sanders for not taking himself too seriously, embracing it and turning it into a positive, using the proceeds to, to donate to charity. That and that was, goes to what I was saying before, though, Conway. Again, knowing your comfort zone and saying, yeah. stepping out, knowing that you can laugh at yourself. Yes. Okay, because if you can't laugh at yourself, yeah. you're in for a, a fucking whole heap of shit throughout your life. Yeah. You're always going to try to compare yourself to something else that you're not. I mean, it just sends you down a rabbit hole. Laugh at yourself. And Bernie, yeah. <laughs> Bernie knew that, <laughs> saw that shit. It was like, yo, you know what? Well, let's take this and yeah. use it for a good opportunity. Definitely, right. definitely. So shout out to Bernie Sanders shout and the memes, man. Bernie. 
And on that note, it's a wrap for this episode. We appreciate you joining us on yes, this journey. Sir. Yes, sir. As usual, hit us up on the tab below or our Instagram page at SNA Live Podcast for your questions and feedback. Hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, and in the words of Shirley Chisholm, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. We out. You have just been listening to the SNA Live Experience. Good fucking episode. Yeah, man.